spread the truth. Document it. Prove it. Make it irrefutable and you too will become dangerous to those who admire us in lies and enslave us in socialism. But because they are lying, it's possible to expose them. And this is their Achilles heel. By comparison, we have nothing to hide, therefore we have no reason to lie. And we wouldn't want to even if we could. Truth is a far superior weapon than deceit. It's a weapon which is denied to them. And in the end, it will be the decisive weapon that destroys them completely. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you all. Flying solo here today. Hope you uh, are doing uh, wonderful this Friday here on the uh, 21st uh, of October 2022. I'm Henrik, if you're new, RedEyes.tv and RedEyesMembers.com. That's the websites. Check out some of the latest stuff. Of course, we did an interview with uh, Justin Cottrell yesterday about uh, why you never hear about black serial killers. That's right. It's actually a huge uh, <clears throat> discrepancy in the statistics. Can you imagine? Can you believe such a thing? Anyway, check out the show, two-parter, up right now at redeyes.tv and redeyesmembers.com. And we have plenty to uh, dive into here today. I want to do uh, kind of, I guess, the main theme really will be on two different stories. <clears throat> One of Lola in France. You might have heard of her. I'm sure you have. Uh, if not, I'll enlighten you a little bit about what happened and also comparing that to a... Asian-American tech worker who is a woke leftist who went to go work in Sweden and accusing essentially the entire country of racism. Uh, we're going to compare those two and see, um, well, see, what you say. see which got away with the better deal when encountering diversity, uh, so to speak. So anyway, we'll check that out. We do have some uh, breaking stuff happening today here as well uh, in terms of the they're going after Trump and uh, Bannon and stuff. I think it's less important as a little bit of a circus, but uh, but it's still it's a crazy uh, witch hunt. So we'll just briefly uh, touch on that. We have uh, plenty of other stuff, too. Obviously, some about the geopolitical stuff in, in Europe now with Germany and Russia and Ukraine and stuff like that. So plenty to go into. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today, if you want to join us, nbcm.live slash TV. You can also super chat over at Odyssey, odyssey.com forward slash at TV, uh, And Rumble is open as well. I'll keep an eye on that throughout the show here. I am solo today, so uh, please bear that in mind. We'll do the, do the best we can here. All right, so... Guys, let's let's begin with this. We got to we got to talk about the uh, the situation with the uh, NHL here. This is a big uh, big breaking story here today. Uh, actually, yesterday, I guess uh, NHL is uh, hockey, right? Hockey. I played hockey growing up. It's playing for fifteen years, maybe something like that. Uh, and actually, I'm taking out my uh, my uh, oldest on the ice here uh, next to Tuesday. I'll be back on the ice for like first time <laughs> in like. 11, 12 years probably or something, maybe even 15, I haven't even counted. Something crazy shit like that. It's, it's of course, it's it's one of the whitest sports, right? Growing up in Sweden, this is like, you know, this is staple. You grew up on ice hockey and stuff. 
so of course there's a natural it was a natural curve towards anti-whiteness so to speak within our culture so now they're going after uh, ice hockey specifically in America but I've seen some stuff like this in in uh, other countries as well where uh, hockey is really big right so now they're coming out and talking about how the workforce there in at NHL is is 84% white remember they they did do some BLM stuff this uh, screenshot right there is actually from uh, that event it's it's post George Floyd and most of the American sports did this NHL did some it was kind of minimal it felt felt like it was like NHL stands against racism and it was like the usual stuff but it wasn't that long driven it was like it was a couple of events in the beginning opening season and then they kind of left it alone a little bit but now they're back right uh, its workforce is NH 84% white in at the NHL sets baseline to up diversity and so you had a um, uh, EVP at the NHL, Kim Davis. Uh, she is, um, is focusing on social impact, growth, and legislative affairs. And she says uh, that she's seeing that these numbers is basically something that we have to fix and correct. Listen to uh, what she said. Her look at the guys behind her, by the way, too. Like, <laughs> this looks like they're standing there with their hat and their in their hands, squeezing it. Look at this. Um, it says that we are where we expected to be, but now we have the facts to back it up. Um, I think the one area that we are um, are feeling positive about is that 38% of our workforce are women. Um, we've done a lot of work to improve in that area, uh, and it's very consistent with our current female fan base of 40%, and so that's a great benchmark. Um, having said that, we know we have work to do with women of color, and we're leaning into that. Um, I think the <clears throat> women of color. That's a big. That's a big thing for uh, for NHL and ice hockey folks to uh, try to recruit more women of color uh, into hockey. Uh, the thing that you should take away. Imagine Lizzo on a pair of skates. Woo! From the workforce uh, study is that it is a progressive outlook on how you begin to manage your talent. And it is progressive in that it's a self-identified report. So of our 4,200, approximately 4,200 employees across the league and the club, 67% of our employees participated in it. And this is how they self-identified. Um, and we will take this benchmark every two years and measure our progress over time. See, pro progress is always, uh, you know, um, inching. Let me lower that. Progress is always when things become less and less white. Take that away from it as well, right? Uh, yeah, and NHL executive VP. Uh, let's say EVP only, yeah, executive VP, right? Uh, the first internal demographic study found its workforce to be overwhelmingly white. Yeah, you, you think? <laughs> nothing can, nothing, it could never be too white, right? Ice hockey can always remain white. It should remain white, right? It's our sport. What are you, what are you talking about? Someone did the comparison on the salaries as well, because it's, of course, always very selective. Of, well, what areas are you talking about? Where does it have to be diverse and so forth, right? The NHL is 83% white. Average NHL salary is 3.5 million. Still pretty good. The NBA is 73% black, average NBA salary 8.5 million. If the roles were reversed, there would be a 50,000 50, articles about closing the race income gap in sports. That's right. I'm sure it's coming <clears throat> to hockey here soon. It's uh, the white people are making too much money kind of thing, right? Not a big surprise, of course. Uh, black Phillip over on Entropy Stream. That's EntropyStream.live slash Red Ice TV. 
Henrik and Lana, several weeks ago, you were dropping facts about the birth rate across all demographics. There is a low-key conspiracy theory that Roe versus Wade was intended to be repealed because economic growth is incompatible with mass abortions. Thoughts? Yes. Um, I've been very interested in this, also because of the wider implication of the demographic, uh, you know, decline in most countries and things like that, and even you know, in many European countries, of course, it's it's abysmal. It's going down. Uh, but then in, in developing countries and things, it's it's even where the birth rates is is higher now, it's it's um, going down faster than it has been in European and Western countries. And I think it will be stabilizing at some point. I, it, most of these mainstream like geopolitical guys, I have a clip later with them as well. Peter Zion, I've kind of done some stuff with him recently. He's like really bad on certain issues and he just doesn't get it. It's like it's not always bad that there is demographic decline. I mean, you had drops, ups and downs in population because of disease, because of war, because of all kinds of things. And you get different outcomes as a consequence of that. You kind of freeze up room. You have new indices coming in. But anyway, it ties into what we'll talk about later in terms of what's happening in Germany. But the, the, the mainstream demographers have this like, that. that's it. It's over. <laughs> They're ne Everyone's going to die off and then that's it. And it's like, I don't believe that at all. I think it's going to plateau and then it's going to recover because there will be circumstances where, you know, you will you will have more room. You maybe have selected for people that do want bigger families. There are like all kinds of things there. But yes, the the, the main thing about the uh, uh, the uh, Roe versus Wade thing, uh, there's a low key conspiracy theory that Roe versus Wade was intended to be the re uh, to be repealed because economic growth is incompatible with mass abortions. <sighs> Yeah, it feels like a lot of these women that will kind of do it anyway, to be honest. Um, but then, if of course, what, uh, among what demographics is abor abortions um, uh, primarily happening? And uh, if you want to maintain economic growth, you can't just like replace the population and then, uh, you know, with, with, with in, in Western countries, you can't replace that with non-Western populations and then expect everything to be, uh, you know, <laughs> maintained at the same level. It just won't happen, right? Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very possible. I think, I mean, you tie in the COVID vaccine that too, and you have an attack on like, you know, they're talking about famine now in many parts of uh, um, the third world, essentially, because of the fertilizer issue. Then you have the uh, uh, the vaccine issue in Western or rich countries. Uh, and then you have the potential issue with, uh, you know, energy, of course, which is going to be another thing. We might be looking at a massive population drop within the next two, three years. We, we just don't know yet. It's too early to tell. But that's what I think is going to happen, unless barring some miracle uh, turnaround last minute or something like that, right? Uh, Black Philip again says, Henrik, I sent you the, the uh, A gift in the mail today for Halloween and not an Uncle Ted gift. Not an Uncle Ted gift. Please let me know when you get it uh, and how you like it. Enjoy. Thank you, Black Philip. Appreciate that. Like in Warrior says, uh, first it was comics, then video games, and now hockey. Uh, damn it, they're killing everything I hold dearly. I think it's, at the end of the day, I think it's good. Um, we're seeing, seeing dramatic changes and it's forcing us out of the comfort zone, uh, including like stop watching sports, make, you know, take all, take, kill everything, make, make it hyper political, right? Uh, and, and hopefully more and more people will walk away. We have to be forced out of the comfort zone and look with the, with the kind of dismantling of globalization, maybe it's intended, maybe it's planned or maybe it's somewhere in between, um, we don't have an option. The next few years, we're going to be pushed hard out of our comfort zone. And I think at the end of the day, that's a very good thing, right? Um, uh, God Odin says, uh, happy to tune in. Thanks for your responsiveness via email. Germany in shambles. We came from Ukraine. We go to Poland 
Uh, won't be much better, probably, but uh, if shit hits the fan, my hope is Polish identity will promote working together. There is no unity, DE, like in Germany. I think you're about to get it. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Thank you for, for your message, uh, God Odin. I think that we're about to get that in Germany. I think we're about to get that in France as well. I think we're about to get that in Sweden. It's slow, it's incremental, and holy smokes, is it too late, right? Uh, but as I say, you know, better later than never. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll glide into that a little bit later. So um, Liz Truss is quick mention as well. You saw she was, she, she resigned after, uh, was it 44 days or 45 days? They do like their uh, 33s and 44s and 55, 55s and stuff. I think it was 44 days. Um, she will now have claim to being the UK's shortest serving prime minister. And of course, we, ha we have to show it again. We've shown it a couple of times when we mentioned that uh, Liz Truss's government. But uh, remember, it came out in a... It, uh, it, it went, uh, it started out, right, very bombastically, I guess that's about, about German. And then, now it's going up in flames, <laughs> booming, in, booming up in uh, smoke and flames. Great offices to set, uh, of state set to contain no white men. This is uh, September 5th, 2022. And now she's resigned. Uh, of course, doesn't mean it would be any better. Maybe they'll get... Uh, what, Rishi Sunak? Maybe he's poised to be the next guy. I saw a couple of contenders. People were showing like Boris Johnson is going <laughs> to come back. I, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a huge mess. But hey, look, we, we're getting the leaders that we deserve. That's just how, how simple it is, right? Uh, all right. So moving on here to uh, over to the U.S. I want to quickly mention this too. Steve Bannon uh, has been sentenced to four months in prison in contempt of a Congress case. It's the January 6th thing, right? He, uh, what didn't show up there or whatever. It was defying a subpoena from the Special House Committee investigation of the January 6th uh, Capitol riot. He didn't show up. And so now they're uh, putting him in the slammer. And what was the fine again here? I forget. Uh, maximum fine of 200,000. But I think it was set to something like 40,000. I forget what it was. We have a clip with him here, what he said uh, kind of shortly after. Listen to this. The, on November 8th, on November 8th, the American people will raise judgment, and we will groom the Biden administration ends on the eighth evening of the eighth of November. And let me be let me some other thing is that the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, will end up being the first attorney general that's brought up on charges of impeachment, and he will be removed from office. Thank you very much. All right. Well, he could be right, of course, but uh, man, is this a circus? I mean, the the um, the way that they're targeting these these guys—that's real. I'm not saying that that's all fake and gay. I think it is. I mean, they—you truly have an, a, a segment of the establishment in U.S. politics. They're like they're going after the Bannons, the Trumps, and stuff, and they're very upset. Uh, however, I think on a on a higher level, they're they're kind of playing their part a little bit, and it's a little bit of a. I mean, it's 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 important, but it's a little bit of a of a distraction and a circus considering just what a tumultuous period that we are in for here in the next coming, I think, couple of years. It might even start sooner than that. Uh, but again, the, the compounded issues, we've been over over this many times now, but, you know, for, for potential newcomers, fertilizer, food shortage, supply chain issues, demographics, uh, war, famine. I mean, we're talking about like a, a number of issues here. They're going to the energy, of course, energy uh, issue. Uh, we're seeing sabotage on critical infrastructure as well on top of this. Remember, we've talked about all the attacks on farming and stuff like that. 
these are all things that are contributing and it's creating a, a dire situation. And so you have a, a large segment, at least in the U.S., that are focusing on like, oh, my God, they're going after Trump and stuff. And, you know, you could talk about it, of course. But is it the biggest uh, elephant in the room? No, definitely not. This is a little bit of a distraction, I feel. Uh, but uh, regardless of that, uh, we can mention it. The January 6th committee issues Trump a subpoena uh, seeking testimony on Capitol riot. Let me play this Fox uh, clip here. Uh, they talk. They, they show clips in there about some... I guess they have not shown that before of Pelosi and Schumer kind of hiding in and Schumer is like, can you send the 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 national uh, was it the national or not the National Guard, but the, the state? Uh, I forget what the term is. The, the Maryland State Patrol. Is that what it's called? Anyway, anyway you, you'll hear what he's saying. here, But they're like hiding in their basements. It's, it's funny. Check this out here. It's coming up in this clip here. Unanimously yesterday to subpoena former President Trump, lawmakers demanding documents and his testimony under oath after they unveiled never before seen video from inside the Capitol during that attack. Senior congressional correspondent Chad Pergrams live on Capitol Hill. Chad, you were taking us through this moment by moment yesterday afternoon and lots of reaction this morning to that new video as well. That's right, Sandra. The request was for testimony and documents from the former president. But if the committee is so serious, why did it wait so long to make that request? The GOP likely dissolves the committee if it wins the House this fall. So we want to hear from him. The committee needs to do everything in our power to tell the most complete story possible and provide recommendations to help ensure nothing like January 6th. Ever happens, happens again. again. That's right. A source close to the former president said he would love to testify. If he doesn't, the House could vote to hold him in contempt of Congress. That could trigger a referral to the DOJ for prosecution. The committee and played. And of course, that's what they want, right? I mean, we'll see if they get what they want out of the guy, but <laughs> come on, this is just ridiculous. Let's keep going here. Never before seen video. Yeah, of here we go. Check out this clip. It's hilarious. For help as the Capitol was Send under the attack. Maryland Guard. Oh, my gosh. They're just breaking windows. They're doing all, all kinds. Of, it's really that somebody, they said somebody was shot. We have some senators who are still in their hideaways. They need massive personnel now. Can you get the Maryland National Guard to come too? <laughs> Yesterday's session. I didn't. Okay, so it's a Maryland. I guess they're just where they're stationed in or something. Otherwise, if the National Guard, then it's like not a specific state. But anyway, it's it's a huge circus, and they're subpoenaing him. So it's going to be more uh, more of a clown show here coming up. I guess uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, they're 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 going for it. That this is what they're doing. Uh, you know. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <clears throat> Trump is uh, going to be honored by the Zionist Organization of America with the. Uh, prestigious Theodore Herzl medallion. That's right. Check this out, folks. Zionist Organization of America to honor Trump for being the best friend Israel ever had in the White House. <laughs> this is okay. Former President Donald Trump will be awarded the prestigious Theodore Herzl medallion by the Zionist Organization of America, ZOA, at its upcoming gala. ZOA is honoring Trump, quote, for being the best friend Israel ever had in the White House. Here's the official statements, I guess, here. Uh, oh, no, this is all Israel News reports. Uh, the Zionist Organization of America, which works to strengthen U.S.-Israel relations and combat anti-Israel bias, announced last Friday that it will award the rarely given Theodore Herzl Medallion to former U.S. President Donald Trump, 
All Israel News reported Wednesday noting that Trump is being honored for being the very best friend Israel ever had in the White House. So there you go. Here's some of the uh, uh, screenshots here. So now you know which uh, which uh, <laughs> which side is on if you ever doubted it. Uh, but that does, see that that's what's so fascinating. That doesn't stop a Pelosi who herself have said like, even if the capital crumbles, our support for Israel will always remain. Right they're, they're, on that issue, they're all on the same page. Uh, but then they're bickering and fighting in front of people on the stage uh, in the circus or the clown show uh, on issues that uh, I think will keep a lot of people occupied. Right. Uh, but uh, no, they're, they're definitely going after him. That, that is real. Rowdy Dude over on Odyssey says, uh, Henrik, I just wanted to let you know I'm uh, going to move my membership from Entropy to Odyssey. We'll send an email also. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. check out Odyssey. It's very easy. There's a few of you that wrote, uh, if you haven't gotten your Red Eyes members account activated, uh, if you sign up over on Odyssey, uh, thank you for your patience. It was so busy this week. and I, I haven't gotten to all of them. I will get to them. Send me, if, it is not, if it's not activated, send me a reminder just in case we missed you or uh, you know you kind of fell through the cracks or something like that. And if you sign up over on Odyssey, we'll activate uh, kind of a, 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 an, an account or a um, membership, basically, uh, over at RedEyesMembers.com so you can access the, the archived stuff because obviously all the archives are not up on Odyssey yet. But anyway, thank you. Right, I do appreciate that. That's uh, kind of you. Um, uh, look, mom, no hands or no head, I guess it says NHL National Holocaust League. There you go. Good, uh, good stuff. All right. So um, <sighs> this check, check out this headline here, too. This is funny. So the Kanye thing, we've talked about that. I think it's a, uh, definitely net positive. I think it's funny to watch all this, all the the uh, the outrage around it. He went on Cuomo's show. I'm not sure if that's exclusively on uh, uh, inter the internet now. He has some new show after he was fired from uh, CNN there. But he went on there. We, we're not going to play more clips of that today. Um, but he went on there and bickered with him and stuff like that back and forth. Uh, it's funny to watch it. And Kanye is very... Uh, just kind of gut instinct guy, not very bright, but he but he does get some stuff right, obviously. So the uh, National Review Online uh, had a piece here. Can people just stop talking about the Jews, like within uh, within scare scare quotes? If you're a celebrity or public figure with a very large platform and you feel the itch to get something off your chest about the Jews, how about just don't? This is uh, Philip Klein here writing uh, for the uh, Neocon outlet. <clears throat> well, my, my reply to that is, okay, sure. If, if, uh, if Jews stop doing the things that uh, we need to talk about, <laughs> how about that? It's kind of simple, to be honest. And speaking of, speaking of that, uh, check out what Dershowitz said here. This will actually take us into the issue of uh, what's happening in Germany. Someone clipped this. I saw it on, on Twitter. Uh, he was talking about... Um, uh, well, let, let's just let's just play it. But but look at how he's uh, look about his smile and the way he's like. Uh, the tweet said uh, sometimes they they show their teeth. L look at this here. They're, they're talking about uh, ethnically cleansing Germans. Look at this. Taking example, a city called Konigsberg, um, which had been a German oppression city for a thousand years, and the Russians captured it during the Second World War, and they just ethnically cleansed every single German, and sent them packing, killed some of them captured it during the Second World War, and they just ethnically cleansed every single German. Yeah, don't tell me that's not a big smile that guy has right there. Cleansed every single German. Yeah. 
Maybe you should uh, maybe you should stop talking about stuff like that, eh? <clears throat> Otherwise, uh, we'll keep talking about you. It's it's up to you, buddy, and 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 the rest of the gang. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, it's oh that's oh they no they deserved it. You see, isn't that what it's about? Holy shit. Uh, North Fork says, uh, you're nailing it, Henrik. Dems or Repubs, they are all on the same page when it comes to certain relations. Yes, thank you, North Fork. Yes, I, I was listening to... Um, I think it was actually Peter Zahn again. I was like, binging on some of his stuff. But he, he does have some very interesting things to, to, to throw into the mix. And it's primarily because he's very good at, at like what's the consequences of supply chain disruptions when it comes to certain industries, such as fertilizer and stuff. So he's very good on some of those things. Then he's like, he's horrible on the vaccine. He's horrible on some of the Russia stuff, not not always all of it. Um, but he was talking about how that flip between the Republicans and Democrats happens every... It can't have been every, it can't have been every 17 years. That's too, that's too short. Maybe, was it 70 years? Maybe that's what he said. I, I, I forget the exact number, but the point stands... Whatever the time frame is, he said, like, you know, the Democrats, they used to be, you know, the real racist, right? They were the KKK. They're the ones who are, like, holding back, you know, blacks and, you know, things like that, right? Allegedly. Right? Um, but then over time, it flips. So basically, the different p- uh, political factions flow back and forth a little bit. Everything still moves towards progress in the same way, unfortunately, because there's no true conservative movement, right? So, for example, things like this gay marriage and the LGBTQ thing and the trans thing, there's some opposition maybe from Republicans on cer- certain of those issues, but usually after like 10 years of, of far-left uh, you know, uh, promotion and pushing certain issues, they tend to fold, and they have done that on many of those issues. Not all, not yet, but they will. So in a way, it's kind of party politics is, is highly irrelevant in, in the se- long term in the sense that it's just like, it just bleeds back and forth between the different parties and whether you're GOP or, or Dem or whatever. It, do, it does not matter at the end of the day. It could create, you know, certain, some better policies that hold certain things back. But overall, the overall direction that we're going, none of these, none of them are, are, are standing up to stop that for, for sure. Uh, MHT says, I just want to say congrats on soon having a daughter. Thank you. Very excited. Uh, didn't watch the last two FF uh, streams live, so I'm saying this now. Thank you, MHD. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Yes, we're very uh, excited uh, for the arrival of Sigrid. Thank you. Uh, all right, so this takes us into, because with Dershowitz is just such a um, <clears throat> such an asshole. Germany, listen to this. Here, here's Zion here. Right? Peter Zion. You can say Zion, maybe. <laughs> I think he's super. I don't know where it stands on Israel. Uh a three-minute clip on the cost of Germany's support for Ukraine. He he's not wrong here. Listen to this. This is this is this is insane stuff of the the national suicide that Germany is doing right now. The cost that it's ready to uh, what to to pay essentially is 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 incredible, enormous. Um, we're talking about the collapse on their industry, uh, industry essentially, because of the energy situation. Anyway, I'll, I'll let Peter Zaid uh, talk about this, and then we can uh, we can we can talk more about this. Listen, to this. hey everyone, Peter Zayn here, coming to you from Orlando again. Uh, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk about what's going on in Germany. I've had a lot of people write in with some less than kind things to say about the Germans because they're not providing what is perceived to be the appropriate level of weapon support to the Ukrainians. Uh, There's a strategic reason for that, but I wanted to talk about the economic sacrifice that the Germans are making right now. Now, 
<clears throat> unlike the United States, which is relatively agnostic about where we get our industrial inputs, uh, the Germans have to have a plan because they don't have any of it local. So what they do is they cut deals with the Russians to bring natural gas in at large volumes and reasonable prices. That provides not just the basis for their entire electricity sector, but also their entire manufacturing sector. Because that natural gas is processed into petrochemical goods, which are then the basis of manufacturing. So if something happens to the natural gas flows, the entire German manufacturing model fails. Now back on September 1, the Russians cut off supplies through the Nord Stream pipeline. <coughs> Excuse me. Getting over laryngitis. Uh, and told the Germans publicly that until you cease participating in the NATO coalition supporting Ukraine, and until you lift all sanctions, we're not turning this back on. This was 40% of their supply. And that meant that the Germans had to replace that 40% with marginal suppliers, and so natural gas prices in Germany have gone through the roof to the point that it's no longer economically viable to generate electricity or the petrochemicals that undergird the entire economic model. The Russians basically told the Germans, you can be modern and industrialized and neutral, or you can choose to be Western and lose everything. And the Germans went with option B. And global, now global homo. That, that's, that's what I'm hearing there, right? They went with option B. And of course, then for obvious reasons for Germany not to ever end up in the possible category of saying maybe, you know, for, we're starting to lose millions of people here. We're, we can't feed ourselves. Industry has gone downhill. Inflation, skyrocketing. We can't heat our homes. Uh, Russia doesn't look that bad right now. In order to finally put that nail in that coffin, they blew up the Nord Stream 2 to finish, to, to, to close that out for them. And so that, that is, that's, a, that's a declaration of war against Germany. And he's not wrong that this could potentially mean the, uh, the collapse of their entire industry. This is... This is Unbelievable. Now that Nord Stream has been blown up, there's no going back, even if we had a government shift in Germany and Russia today. So we are looking at nothing less than the complete collapse of the German manufacturing model in just the next year or two. So could the Germans have done more with weapons? Maybe. But the sacrifice that they've chosen to make is higher than what anyone who else who is supporting Ukraine has done. And of course, this is, I think, not a voluntary sacrifice. This is because they're America's bitch. They're uh, uh, an occupied country. Uh, they're being told what to do. And they're using Germany to ensure that they're finishing them off. This is like a, a, a plan to uh, try to cap them off entirely. That, that's what I'm seeing here. Um, but of course, this will have wide, if this is true, there's a wide consequences for all of Europe who rely on Germany for manufacturing. At the same time, long term, Maybe that could be a good thing. Maybe this means that we can diversify the production in Europe. We can, you know, get this back. I don't think this means forever in Germany just because of this. There will be an, a time of adjusting. But in the short term, yeah, it could mean that shit that we're used to getting or whatever, whether it's from Germany or, or because of things that they produce, that they, they then ship to China or something and they assemble it there or they they, they, they um, do certain you know raw uh, materials and certain uh, finished products that are being you know put in other electronics and things later in over in Asia or something all that could potentially disappear we're looking at a couple of years here where basically things will just grind to a halt potentially before we sort this out and I don't think he's wrong about this but again this is not a sacrifice this is this they were pushed into the situation and also by the way it couldn't have been done uh, if you considered that they were following the the green 
um, the green transition line here of, of like, let's get rid of all the nuclear power plants as well. Now, Olaf Scholz, of course, last minute stepped in and said, like, all right, we're going to let, let's take a few of these uh, nuclear uh, reactors and power plants and not decommission them as fast and still run them. But I don't I mean. A while back, they, we, we covered it when they uh, left this uh, proposition, I think, to the energy minister or whatever it was. Forget all the details of who was handling that question, but the basics that that's not possible. We can't do that. So we, we don't know what's going to happen here. Now, with the bombings that we had a couple of days ago in Kiev, the German consulate got hit by one of those missiles. And the Germans sat up, noticed that real quick, and have already delivered air defense systems to the Ukrainians. So now that the damage is done economically and they know exactly what's in front of them and what's at stake, I think we're going to see a lot more of this moving forward. So yep. Germany may very soon be not just the country that is sacrificing the most, but one of the countries that is also donating the most. Okay, yeah. that's it. For because they're being forced into that. What do you think they want to do? I think they want to try to get Germany to collapse essentially and and that the only option is like well you're you know you're you're going to be cannon fodder you're going to be military you're going to do what we tell you to do start uh you know arming yourself up and send your uh, boys to war with russia that that's potentially what they want to use uh, germany for uh, we it's not like we haven't seen that in the past right uh anyway it's completely insane uh what's happening right now it's unprecedented on every level but uh this is what again as i said I oscillate between like this is all intentional to this is complete incompetence and we're just here by accident. And maybe, as usual, the truth lies somewhere in between that there are people here that are obviously meant, you know, engineering certain things. Uh, but that doesn't mean that every single move that happens along the way is um, is planned. And, and sometimes it goes in a direction which was unintended. Uh, or someone else or something else comes up and picks up the slacks or take advantage of a situation and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the trajectory, so to speak, goes in a different direction. Um, so, you know, it's it's too early to tell. Uh, Mr. Chow says, uh, uh, Alan, speaking of Dershowitz here, uh, has his name all over the Epstein flight logs. That's right, he fucks little kids and is un, unbashedly racist. He has an anti-white piece of shit. Uh, he needs to see the inside of a cell. Yeah, the base minimum. Catapult. That's what I th I was working. I was going to do the animation for the catapult. I, I will get to that. We will see. But at the end of the show, we can do a poll. After the show, like who deserves the, the catapult, <laughs> we, can, we can put that in. We'll have to figure out how to do that, like a live animation or something. Uh, he needs to see the inside of a cell. Do you think he will or is he too high profile? For now, I think he's too high profile. Um, I think he can be part of the people at least informing those that gave the order to take out Epstein. That's, that's what I think he's part of, to be honest. Uh, but one can hope. Thank you. Friend of Mary Fagan says, uh, I like the interview about the uh, rise of the black serial killer book. Very eye-opening to the media subversion uh, concerning the topic. Yes, I thought that was a good show, too. Check that out, guys, in case you uh, uh, didn't catch the beginning of the show. We th That's up right now with Justin Cottrell. Uh, two parts at RedHouseMembers.com, Subscribeshow.com, and, of course, Odyssey as well. Uh, but uh, the free part up on all the uh, places right now. Check that out. Very interesting. Here's Germany. Oh, North Fork. Too. I almost missed that here. Um, North Fork says, uh, I missed the daughter announcement. Congratulations, Henry Colonna. Thank you. Appreciate that. Very kind of you. Appreciate that. Yep, it's uh, it's good stuff. We're going to... we're gonna. Uh, get past uh, replacement levels, speaking of demographics, right? Uh, German inflation. Check this out. Uh, crazy tweet here uh, showing the, 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 the latest, right? I mean, what is that? Uh, 80s? Is that how far back? Yeah, 1980. That's how far back this uh, chart goes here, the, uh, the graph, the index. 
it is, when did they peak that? Yeah, that was actually in the 80s that it seemed to have peaked around, what, 10? Uh, or something like that. Now it's at 45.8. Yeah. Now, think long, well, actually, maybe not long term either. Maybe, maybe short term. What do we usually see when we get people out of the comfort zone? Uh, by hook or by crook, by force or by coercion or subversion, maybe. Uh, usually, we see that you have a populist and consequently a nationalistic revolt as well, right? Or a revival, I guess you should say. Long term, if these if the injury against Germany is sustained, this could be catastrophic. But short term, if they manage to lift up themselves by their bootstraps, which they have done so many times in the past, it's very possible that we'll see a Germany that wakes up. And as I said before, I think we're seeing that in Sweden. I think we're seeing it in France. I think we're seeing it in Italy. Um, and I think we're going to see it in other countries as well, to be honest. Uh, but this is... This is um, they're playing with fire here, the people that are engineering this. And and if it's uh, not intended, if it's just uh, ineptitude and and um, incompetence, well, so be it. Regardless, whatever it is, it, it, this is pushing people out of uh, the comfort zone. And that's what we have to have. That's, we've been way too comfortable for way too long. All of us, all over Europe, all over the West, right? Uh, remember, just quick mention of this too. Uh, Keen uh, Bext, I think he does some Rebel News uh, stuff. I think maybe he's with them still. Um, he claims that he was approached by a Ukrainian journalist uh, that offered him thousands of dollars in order to push a pro-Ukrainian uh, message on his Twitter account. He has like 200,000 followers on Twitter. He said it was contacted by the name of Volodymyr Kazuma, offered $200 for each each tweet in support of Ukraine. Kazuma asks Bext if he... Uh, asked him to tweet several times per week. He also said he already had other journalists on his payroll. Would you consider posting links to human rights articles on your Twitter page? Kazuma said in a message to Bext, who has more than 200,000 followers. Uh, These articles are published in well-known publications such as Amnesty, Reuters, Deutsche Welt, etc. Kazuma continued. Uh, And he kind of asked the question, uh, how many more are actually getting paid uh, to push this? We saw the same thing. Remember the COVID vaccine, right? Whatever issue it is. They need to artificially boost and inflate like the the perception of the popularity around it, and they're literally paying people to whether it's pushing the vax, pushing the pro-Ukrainian thing. Uh, you know, is it possible that someone did this to get people to oh look, you know, is it is it a, uh, a double uh, what would you call it a, a, a double hoodwink or what do you call it? <laughs> what's the term? Like it's really a Russian guy posing as Ukrainian so that people will talk about it, so people will be suspect or pro. Yeah, it's sure. Okay, that's always that possibility. But holy smokes, is there a lot of money around uh, this whole thing flying around? Um, and it takes us into this story here too. Norway had a scare here with drones recently. Again, think NATO, think the energy sector. Talk about Norway's North Sea access to the oil there. I would assume. Despite the green transition, which which is, I think, if um, if if a Peter Zihan is correct about the geopolitical situation, the green transition is impossible to pull off without Russia. And obviously, that's a good thing because we don't we don't want that anyway. But there's so much, you know, copper and lithium and like all these other you know trace minerals and stuff that you need, uh, and much of that is just not available, at least not at uh, mines that are 
you know, I mean, lithium is like, sure, Chile has one of the biggest lithium composites and stuff or, or mines, but there's a, a lot that's coming out of Russia. And if, if that's cut off entirely because of sanctions, um, where are we going to get that from overnight? We're not, right? So that means that Norway might be a new, uh, very important player here in the energy sector. And they might be, as we talked about, right the same day that the Nord Stream blew up, the Baltic pipeline was, was um, uh, inaugurated. Uh, which was going from Norway, the North Sea, uh, to Poland. So a lot is, is actually hinging on Norway right now, which then leads us to this story, uh, where apparently, allegedly, Russian drones have been spotted in Norway, and actually the police that have arrested several people. Now, they claim that they were just there as tourists and stuff like that, but apparently they were like filming and hovering over like critical infrastructure and energy facilities and things like that. Very interesting clip. Check this out. Over the last few days, seven Russian citizens have been arrested by the Norwegian police, suspected of flying illegal drones throughout the country and photographing restricted sites, leading many to question, is Norway under the watchful eye of the Kremlin? Mysterious drones have been spotted over several airports, including that in Bergen in the country's south, that suspended air traffic for two hours. Other unidentified drones were seen flying around important oil drilling platforms in the North Sea, as well as over this gas plant, the largest in Europe. Oslo says that it's investigating the incidents, but can't rule out any claims of surveillance. The counter-espionage department is handling the investigation on these cases. They claim that these incidents might point to the fact that Russia is taking more risks in its spying activities. We need to be clear, we will not let ourselves be intimidated. We will stick together, and with our allies, we will support Ukraine. Among the Russians arrested is Andrei Yakunin, the 47-year-old son of one of Vladimir Putin's close friends. He was arrested for flying a drone in the remote tundra of Svalbard, though he claims he was on vacation. One theory is that drones are being used to stoke insecurity and fear around Norway's supply of gas to Europe. Authorities worry of being targeted by the Kremlin, especially after becoming Europe's main source of gas and have beefed up security as reinforcements. Russia, however, has accused Norway of paranoia. <laughs> of course they have. Uh, man, holy smokes. What a, what a situation, eh? Well, maybe they can destroy uh, Norway's uh, gas uh, <coughs> export capabilities next. And uh, who's going to come to the rescue? Israel. Did you guys remember those stories? Israel could be the savior of uh, Europe here, or the West coming uh, coming winter. We'll see what happens there. But no, in all seriousness, uh, not that that's not a serious point. It, it most certainly is. Uh, but regarding this story uh, specifically, I think that um, it's very possible, obviously, that this is right and true. But I'm I'm also getting a little like submarine uh, scare vibes uh, of Sweden 1980s. Drones is like the new U-boat, the new submarine. And unless someone is doing this, like it, uh, what I'm saying is this would be like... NATO. I mean, if we go back to the sightings of the supposed Russian subs in the Baltic uh, on on the uh, Swedish coastlines along the Swedish coastline, I think a lot of that was was NATO to scare Sweden into submission. And now, of course, now finally after years and years and years of pushing and stuff, right? They've Sweden and Finland is not going to join NATO. So that's that. Uh, but in in terms of Norway, 
Sure, you could have people that uh, they pose as Russian citizens, right, and doing these things in order to drum up more, uh, you know, hype around this and getting Norway to even be more vigilant, be even, be even more pro-Ukrainian. And again, to, to ensure that their allegiances are 100%. I think they are anyway, to be honest. Uh, but of course, you can't discount that this actually is uh, Russians that are uh, doing this and they're checking out infrastructure. What can, we, can we destroy them as a or can we target some of this with sabotage? Look, I think we're in, we'll talk about that in a moment here, too. But I think we're in for a period where we're going to have increasing attacks on critical infrastructure related. To, I think we've seen it already on the farming sector. I think we're going to see it even more on the energy sector and the Nord Stream 2 really kind of set that off finally. So this is very possible. Now, I also want to play one clip of um, the, uh, a Russian TV show where they're talking about how Ukraine, I think, either already have a nuke or been provided with a nuke, they claim. They're going to detonate it, and then they're going to blame Russia, and this will justify a greater you know, incursion into these new territories that uh, Russia annexed or declared in, you know, what sovereign or independent from Ukraine uh, with a NATO US USA offensive, essentially. Uh, but anyway, check, it's subtitled, but uh, check this out. It's interesting, <laughs> interesting clip if true. In Nikolaev already is thermoyatrical bypass, which will be used in the provocation. Значит, на фоне постоянных утверждений США и НАТО о том, что значит, Россия готовится к применению ядерного оружия, в преддверии вот этого наступления или в ходе этого наступления, для того, чтобы сказать, что вот Россия терпит поражение и нанесла ядерный удар по украинским угу. войскам, которые закончатся... Ну, мы про это угу. проговаривали да, много раз. Которые да, закончатся, значит, несколькими десятками тысяч жертв среди мирного населения, вот, позволит... Э Соединенных Штатов Америки оправдать крупномасштабные ракетные удары по территории, вот, по нашим войскам в этих регионах и по территории России. То есть фактически оправдать вступление То есть, США насколько в войну я понимаю, у нас нет... All right. Yeah, so basically that's the... Uh, oh, sorry. That's the, uh, the summary. Where are we? Here we are. Uh, that's the summary kind of of the situation. I said that they're basically saying essentially what I'm like a false flag, right? They, they, these nukes exist. I'm not sure who placed them there, what the evidence they have for this. Uh, but something to be aware of that we might see uh, nukes at some point being brought into it. And of course, every side will blame each other. Uh, that's obvious. Maybe it's a Russian dropping this now as a kind of preemptive and say, well, this is what we said. We had intelligence about this. This is you guys, right? Uh, huge mess. I mean, unbelievable. This is just like, man. Oof. Uh, so speaking of the energy situation, let me take this one here. Uh, Der Scherusker says, uh, it will be hard in Europe. As for Germany, Der Wutwinterkomet uh, is at the, uh, not not uh, Wolf Winter, right? It was Wut, Wut Winter? What is that? I got to look that up. Uh, and I bid all, the, is it like a, um, what do you call it? Like um Rimfrost, uh, right? Like the, the mega, mega winter, I guess is the term for it, right? Is that what it means? Uh, and I bid all the comrades to remember uh, who the main enemies are. Europe awaken. Yeah, so again, I think at the end of the day, barring famine as a huge consequence of less energy, because less energy means less uh, petrochemical fertilizers, and maybe there's other ways, maybe there's ingenuity here, maybe there's something, but at the short term, barring massive famine, and we have millions and millions of people dying, 
what the kind of mid, not, not short term, but maybe mid midterm time frame means. Uh, it means that you won't be able to buy a new iPhone, essentially, right? We have a huge story about the chips uh, where uh, Biden, uh, remarkably, or not him, but his administration, uh, barred, uh, basically shut down the Chinese uh, chip industry overnight with a de- decision that if you're an American citizen working in China, either with those who produce chips or you, if you work with raw materials that produces those chips, they said you can choose between losing your, your citizenship um, or, or, or come back home and quit. And so the whole chip sector in China was shut down. We put that on our Telegram. It's actually more from Peter's eye on there. But check that out. Very interesting. Um, again, you can say, well, that's by that's the, the, the controlled demolition. That, that is the intended collapse of the supply chain. And yes, that's definitely true. And it will hurt um, definitely short term. But long term, it means that, that they're scaling back. Like the gain button for globalization is being put all the way back. And usually what you see is regionalization, localization, uh, nationalism coming in the wake of something like that. And that's very good. We have to use that opportunity. Basically, our entire last week in Warrior was like about that. What do we, how do we act in a situation like this? What do we have to do at this point? How, how can we utilize uh, or benefit from the situation? You know, just like our enemy says, like, you never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, that's true for us as well. We can't let this partially manufactured crisis go to waste. We have to maximize that. And the signs are there that that is what actually is happening. It's happening in Italy. It's happening in Sweden. It's happening with France. And we'll talk about some of that stuff here, too. And so that's a very good thing. Uh, is that all part of the plan and stuff? No, I don't, th- I don't think so. I think they have... I think... The, the establishment thinks they have this in the bag. They'll be able to shut everything down and then build it back up again, build back better, and they'll do their fourth industrial revolution. But I think they're not going to pull that off. I think there's way too much opposition to that uh, at this stage, and I hope that that's correct. But point being, when you start meddling with people's food supply and energy supply, you have, uh, I mean, immediate almost uh, revolution on your hands or, or revolt, I guess is a better term. Um, so anyway, so get, and this is a different one too, which uh, takes things in a different direction, but it's interesting. Um, gas and electricity prices are dropping fast in Europe right now, and they are likely to drop further. What is going on? Natural gas prices have dropped from 300 euros per megawatt hour to levels just north of 50 euros. And, uh, and day ahead prices are even lower in many areas of Europe. Some of the graphs right here, electricity prices. Now, this is from, what is it, two days ago? Let me see, what is it? Uh, Yeah, about two days ago. Prices in Spain have dropped as low as 27 euros per megawatt hour. For gas, as there is currently a queue for ships waiting to offload outside of Spanish LNG, liquid natural gas ports. This has led LNG uh, within day prices to trade sub-25 below the PVB price as uh, liquid natural gas operators are trying to get more room for the LNG waiting offshore. Include some graphs for that here. Um, MIB gas, uh, Iberian Spanish market, uh, daily spot PVB trades at 27.75 euros per megawatt hour, but the curve is still fiercely sloping upwards in November and December. Interestingly, the curve has a positive beta to spot development, so even if the price action is currently driven by short-term oversupply, it brings the entire curve down with it, even if it is, even if it seems irrational. The same holds for TTF benchmark gas in the Netherlands. Uh, fuel levels in European gas storages are approaching 100% way ahead of the deadline of the f- November 1st, 
and paired with milder than usual weather. So we've been super lucky on that front with the weather. But of course, as we know, that could change at any point, right? This leads to a very low net spot demand for gas. So they're pivoting and think they're going to go all into LNG and stuff, at least temporarily. They're building up ports and stuff in many parts of Europe to handle and receive LNG and all that kind of stuff, right? But anyway, so that's, that's an interesting... Very counterintuitive thing that I uh, that it's going in the opposite direction. Now we'll see if that continues to hold uh, true. Uh, let me see what is what is it concluded there. Uh, the 2023 supply is much less certain. Yes, they, that's what I think. I think that's going it's going to change. LNG makes up 40 percent of the current supply of gas in Europe, but we are still running 20 to uh, 20 to 25 percent below usual flow levels due to the lack of Russian gas. The winter just ahead uh, seems to have uh, be saved, but in the 23 2023 we may be in for renewed turbulence. Yes, that's what I think is going to happen. Anyway, so so interesting counterintuitive thing. And Zero Hedge had a story about it's actually not about the oil or the gas. It's about the diesel. That's the big issue. For all the drama surrounding Biden's latest strategic petroleum reserve fiasco and his admin's ridiculous idea to uh, stimulate U.S. energy producers to pump more oil because, uh, you see, Biden promises to buy oil at some unknown point in the future he may or may not but right now he is certainly draining a million barrels of emergency u.s energy lifeblood just to buy a few midterm votes and he's continued to do this this is reporting on the first time i think he did that he's tapped into that uh, the second time the strategic uh, petroleum reserve um but they're, they're saying here the real crisis is not oil or gas, but diesel, right? So that's like, you know, running all the trucks and all that kind of stuff, the problem. And this is so complicated and so many rules and laws on top of this. I heard uh, today for the U.S. market, uh, for U.S. overall, there are, I mean, one of the cheapest ways you can transport stuff is by water, right? It's, it's, it's I forget what the percentage is, but it's much cheaper than, you know, truck or rail or these, these kinds of things. And there was some... Jefferson Act, I think it was called, that was barring any non-U.S. vessel that's not owned, operated, and insured by Americans, that that can't operate in American waters or something like that, I think it was, which has led to maybe not a collapse of the, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the river and, you know, like, uh, you know, transportation, essentially. But it's been limited, uh, you know, increasingly. And the point is that the globalized system is so complex and so messy because of restrictions and rules and insurances and things. And then you have all these moving parts and everything. You have a just-in-time type of you know, approach to how we produce things. And now, of course, not only because of COVID, but because of the, the war. And, the, and it all contributes. The point is this was, ha this was happening anyway. That's what's so fascinating about this. China is it China who's basically the factory of the world has been in, has been in, in decline for a long time. People think oh it's the next superpower and stuff, but demographically unless they start like cloning millions of people or something, they're not going to be able to uphold the current industry base that they have or the production base that they have because they're like you know the birth drop off is just like boom like that, you know, one child policy and she recently said, "Oh, we're up now he's up doing. Now he's taking that away." So a story as well that they're like they're banning abortion. They're actually taxing single women more in order to get them to like have families and, and, and things like this, right? But that's that's way too late. You're still gonna have 20, 30 years of like way fewer people than you've had for the longest time, which is the reason why they've become the factory of the world essentially. So that's largely out, and you're gonna see manufacturing moving to a lot of different other areas. And again, 
Sure, you won't be able to order an iPhone within the next two years or potentially other things too, cars or, you know, smart fridges or shit like that. But who cares? It's not about that. That's what the, the Peter Zion, the mainstream geopolitical strategists talk about. It's like, we need to have endless demographic growth because that ensures the stability of the economic system. If we have the stability of the economic system, we can run the liberal new world order and everything will be, everybody will be happy because they can buy sheep shit and buy their iPhones and stuff. And I'm saying, fuck that shit. We don't need any of that. We're, we're being given a gift here of this system being shut down intentionally or, uh, you know, by uh, incompetence. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And this is a golden opportunity to reignite localism, regionalism, nationalism, patriotism. Um, and, and, it's the, and we need to be pushed out of the comfort zone. And it needs to sting. It needs to be hard. You guys know this. We have... Strong men create good times. Good time creates weak men. Weak men creates bad times. And then run around we go. And we're right there right now. We have weak men. Everyone, a bunch of pussies. Everyone, everywhere, everyone is too comfortable. We've had it too good for too long. And now everything is falling apart in front of our eyes. And that's, that's fantastic. It's just what we need. It's a risk with that. A huge risk. And it could be, it could be, it can be, it can go too far. It can go so far that we can't, we won't control it. it, it we're talking famine, and I, I'm not saying I want to see that, but I'm saying we have to be pushed out of our comfort zone. And you know, thank the gods that we have a either incompetent people or those who are intentionally dismantling it because they believe they're going to, you know, build back better. But we can't let them, right? Um, McDozer says, uh, congratulations to the baby Henrik and Lana. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'm truly happy for you both. And I'm even happier that the best kind of people are bringing the best kind of life into our world. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, McDozer. All of this too, actually, I mean, again, us being pushed back onto like farm style environments, that's when people had kids. Again, the mainstream, you know, um, mainstream geopolitical guys are not wrong when they say, Industrialization led to us, you know, getting off the land into big cities. You're moving to smaller houses, maybe smaller apartments. Your kid is not free labor anymore, and it's, it becomes expensive and uh, it, it's harder, right? Uh, and so people, of course, can't prioritize, can't, can't prioritize that. And, and ironically, we see a lot of poorer people having more kids, which is kind of ironic. But I mean, it just means that the richer, wealthier people are getting so comfortable that like kids is just a nuisance kind of thing, right? Uh, but the point is. Dem you will see demographics go back up if if we push back and 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 scale down, turn down the volume, so to speak, on on globalization. And if the globalist system falls apart, that's going to be very good for and and a healthy uh, event for demographics. I mean, it's just it's there's no doubt about it. And we have to live maybe sure a couple of generations without uh, as many people or whatnot. But at the end of the day, that that's not that's not a bad thing. I don't I, I don't think it is. And it's not just white people that are in a demographic like decline. It's like most other countries are. Uh, you know, we've been through this, and it's it's fascinating because we don't tend to you know to cover that or to focus on that that much. Whites are actually in a better situation in some cases. Again, the the weird thing is the globalism trying to replace our populations with like sub-Saharan African population or Middle Eastern you know population. And there's not, we know that the anti-whiteist agenda is there too. That's why that's prioritized, right? So we know why they're doing that, but the, but the excuse for the the official establishment when they sit in their meetings and their NGOs and they sit at their you know government um, advisors come in and stuff like that, then say we have to bring in more people because they're not having. If you want to keep this you know your banking uh, economic system happy and the banking system going, you have to just bring in more people. But but we know 
at the end of the day, it's a net drain on the system. It's causing social you know, uh, upheaval. It's causing problems and all these issues. So they cannot win whatever they do. They cannot win. It, it's, it's not going to work for them. It's over for them. Uh, Odin's Raven says, uh, miss you Wednesday. Yeah, sorry, I was a little sick this week. You're feeling under the weather. Um, so it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, how's Lana doing? We miss her on the show today. Hope you had a good weekend. Stay dry. I hear our first uh, storm is coming. Yeah, um, you are... Oh, Odin's Raven. Yeah, so in the same area. Yes, I heard that there's uh, rain for multiple days. I think in a row it's going to get colder. It's been warm here for like the longest time. But it looks like it's going to, boom, change overnight. Lana's doing fine. She'll be probably back with us next week here, taking a little bit of time off, you know. That's how it goes. Thank you. We uh, we appreciate you, Odin's Raven. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so diesel is a problem, right? Oh, we have, do we have one? Let me check here, Odyssey. I think we had one. Uh, Hexagod says, uh, the Jews are trying to freeze slash starve us out uh, with their gas slash climate change scams. Heating oil is insanely expensive now. I'm finding my, uh, I'm keeping my house in the U.S. at about 60 degrees Fahrenheit this winter. Cold. Yeah, that is cold. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. I can't believe all the, all, all the places where they, um, did away um did away with like their wood furnaces and wood stoves and things like that I, i'm thinking back on some of these old like countries houses in sweden out in the countryside beautiful old uh wood stoves and stuff and many of them were like capped you know like they they, they kept them as a decor but they're not functioning anymore right these ceramic ones i'm actually quite unique i will show some pictures at some some point very beautiful uh ceramic um you know, these are radiators, essentially. This is you, you put in wood and it stays warm, <laughs> you know. Uh, and they, they, they capped them. They took them away. They decommissioned these. Literally the most insane thing we've ever done, to be honest. Uh, but yes, I mean, you could argue they are, um, they are basically, they want to try to kill us off, right? But I think we'll be resilient. I think we will be able to, ca- not everyone, but I think many will be able to ca- capitalize on, on that situation. Um, and we have to say, let's never put these people in, in power ever again. Let, let them, let's never let them get close to power, right? All right, so anyway, so here's uh, c- continuing here. I need to speed up here so we can get to everything. Uh, act of vandalism, major cable uh, cut in France, sparking power outage in Europe, Asia, and the U.S. The damaged subsea cable in Marseille reportedly impacted internet connectivity to Europe, Asia, and the U.S. and potentially other parts of the world, too. French police probe multiple cuts of major internet cables. They said that they're investigating multiple cuts to fiber optic cables in France's second largest city. Um, operators said the cable cables link Marseille to other cities in France and Europe, and the internet and phone services were sev- were severely disrupted. Um, the disruption in Marseille were a taste of what analysts warned could be far larger problems in other cases if cables are systematically attacked. I think we're in for an era of cr- attacks on critical infrastructure. I think we've seen it already, as I said, in the farming sector. Uh, but I think, um, I think this is a, a next step. It, this is like a 
if Operation Cyber Polygon was the World Economics Forum to like attack the the uh, energy sector, that of course the the Nord Stream, the high energy prices, and the the uh, the, the cutting of physical cables is like the the hardware version of that cyber attack, if you know what I mean, right? So anyway, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. The damage in the city in south, southern France also appeared to resemble suspected acts of sabotage to other cables in the country earlier this year. So you could see this. You could see. Um, those who are pro-Ukrainian doing this, you could see the Russian side doing this to hurt and to, to damage the other side. Uh, and it'll be very hard for us to figure out who the guilty party is. And we will probably never get any straight answers from these people either. Damaged cable leaves Shetland cut off from mainland. Communications to Shetland have been severely disrupted after a subsea cable was damaged. Is it sabotage or what? We don't know. Police have declared a major incidence after the south subsea cable between the island and the mainland was cut. The force said some landlines and mobiles were not usable and that officers were patrolling to try to reassure residents. Repairs on another cable connecting Shetland and the Faroe Islands are ongoing after it was damaged last week. So, all right, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, this is uh, this is kind of dodgy, to be honest. Not good. Um, yeah, there's the... Uh, the uh, graph of uh, where that is and the one in France let me see what was the other clip they were showing oh they're building a new energy cable was it from oh it was from Morocco that's right one of the largest cables in I think wasn't it the which story had that what's that the ABC piece no it was this one let me see here this one check this come out. from Morocco as part of X-Links uh, will be at 48 pounds per megawatt hour uh, which is a comparison uh, to give you a sense of around £92.50, which is what the government will pay for Hinkley Point, and about £200 per megawatt hour, which is currently the uh, the wholesale price for electricity. Now, this is going to involve building the world's longest undersea cable. What is the sort of construction time and, and roughly the construction cost? There are long-distance high-voltage direct current cables, uh, both above ground and uh, underwater. In fact, the longest one is a UK one, which links Norway to the UK, which commissioned at the end of last year. This will be 3,800 kilometres. Um, it's high-voltage direct current. Um, there are three manufacturers of that in Europe at the moment. Uh, but as part of this project, we will build... Uh, three new factories here in the UK to produce the cable. Uh, it will take four years to produce the cable uh, to support this uh, transition of energy from Morocco to the UK. But it will then... I'm not sure how Morocco produces this. I got to look into that, but there was one story uh, video that linked up with the attack in France there with that, which is kind of interesting. I, how well guarded are some of these things? It just feels like it was one of those things that, like, I mean, sure, I mean, during World War II, whatever, there was obviously attack and critical infrastructure, infrastructure, but it hasn't been as bad since then. Even the Cold War, there was some stuff. But again, I, I, what I'm saying is I could see that this is like the next area. You, you're going to see, you know, um, I guess more security around uh, critical infrastructure, more subs out there and stuff like that. We'll see where this goes. But it's just that hunch that I think this is like the new normal. We'll, we'll, we're going to start seeing a lot of shit like this. And of course, in some cases, it could be just, you know, self-inflicted wounds, essentially. We have some of our own uh, intelligence services and stuff like that doing stuff like this to blame it on the other side, right? Uh, and at the same time, they get their little uh, great reset uh, uh, underway faster. All right, so we're going to switch to the U.S. a little bit. We're going to get to our uh, main kind of main two stories. It's about, you know, basically we had a, a viral story. Sweden is racist. That's it. 
And then we have the comparison of that story to the woman in that uh, who experienced racist Swedes um, to Lola, right, in France. So we'll get to that too. But a couple of more things here real quick before we get to that. Um, this is why we call them Globo Homo, right? Uh, State Department funding drag theater performances in Ecuador to promote diversity and inclusion. State Department awards $20,600 grant for cultural center in Ecuador to host 12 drag theater performances. What? (laughs) What the hell? The U.S. Department of State has awarded more than $20,000 uh, on a, gra- a grant on September 23rd to the Centro Ecuadoriano North Americano, a nonprofit organization supported by the U.S. Embassy and Consulate in Ecuador to promote diversity and inclus- inclusion in the region. The project at CEN, which started September 30 and runs until August 31st, 2023. I mean, sure, $20,000, not that much, but what the hell is this about? It will include three workshops, 12 drag theater performances, and a two-minute documentary, according to the State Department's grant listed on the USAspending.gov website. We've linked to stuff like this before as well. Uh, it, it, off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was like the State Department doing these things and giving other countries money to push it and stuff like that. It, it, it's like the it's like the meme, right? The uh, was it the Charlie Kirk, um, boom, butt sex in Botswana, right? You guys remember that? That's funny. Let's see if I can find that. That's what it is. The grant to CEN is part of the... Oh, no. Uh, Kirk, how about Kirkton? I can find it there. The grant to CEN is part of the State Department's public diplomacy program, which seeks to support the achievement of U.S. foreign policy goals. Is that is that what it is? <clears throat> is, is that what uh, the, the foreign policy goals are and objectives? Gay education or indoctrination, depending on how I see it. In uh, oh, here it is, fantastic. Um, in uh, in uh, Latin America and South America, <sighs> advance national interests and enhance national security by informing and influencing foreign publics, and um, by expanding and strengthening the relationship between the people and government of the United States and citizens of the rest of the world. The website states. <clears throat> yeah, because there certainly is no better th- things to uh, to spend money and time and effort on right now. So you might have seen it, but I do want to play it nonetheless. Um, there was an investigation following this in Texas. Let me close a couple of windows here. Uh, Texas Attorney General urges prosecution over grotesque child-friendly drag show near Dallas, following what's probably the single most horrifying and egregious example of so-called a child-friendly drag show that we've ever seen, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has called for a legal prosecution against those involved. The event took place on Saturday in Plano, Texas. I heard that this kind of stuff was like, people were not surprised that it took place there. The fuck, Texas? What happened? Texas. A large suburb of Dallas, of all places, and involved a drag performer simulating the sex act in front of children at what the venue dubbed an all-ages show. There is this grotesque, disturbing behavior under Texas law. Local district and county attorneys are char- uh, charged with taking up the mantle to protect Texas kids by prosecuting these types of total inappropriate 
appropriate acts, Paxton was quoted as saying, after viewing disturbing footage of the event. And here's is that disturbing footage of the event. My pussy good, pussy sweet, pussy good enough to eat. Fuck me all night. Good stuff, folks. There we go. That's uh, that's why that's why we need this to collapse. That's just one yet one more example of why this shit needs to crash and burn hard. Think these people are gonna have time? Like they're like we have a famine on our hands. You think these people are gonna be uh, uh, <laughs> singing pussy songs in front of kids with their drag uh, outfits on? These disgusting perverts <clears throat> have another world coming, and thank the gods that that's the case. Um, oh my god! All right, and we have. Uh, l- let me take these here. Um, uh, Hexagod says, uh, here's some shekels for your work. Thank you. Appreciate that. I've been uh, watching your videos for a while, fellow Swede. Oh, good. good. Good to see you. Thank you. My grandmother used to speak Swedish sometimes, and it's sad what the Jew have done to Sweden with mass immigration. Hopefully they wake up before destruction. They will. We will. There is no turning back. It's never too late. It's happening. Uh, I'm very positive uh, of the trends that we're seeing right now. Is it ideal? Is it, we, is it perfect right now? No, far from it, of course. But it's uh, it's it's happening. It is happening. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to go into details, I mean, Barbara Spector, David Schwartz, all these people, they're the ones who uh, who pushed this uh, on Sweden. Of course, very many willing participants during this time as well. But then you have the media elites, you have the Bonnier, you have the... Uh, uh, what are all their names again? The, the the I forget them now. The editor of is it uh, DN or is it is it SVD? I forget. Uh, a bunch of uh, uh, people in that uh, those positions that are um, have advocated for opening the borders of Sweden for decades now. Of course, now they've gotten their wish, and now they're shrieking in horror when the, when Swedes turn nationalistic and vote for Sweden Democrats. Right? Incredible. Dearborn, remember that we showed some stuff out of Dearborn, where actually Muzzies and Christians and I guess non-religious uh, people teamed up to um, push back against what they were trying to do. And here's a sample of what that actually was specifically. This is the book that sparked the parent protest in Dearborn, Michigan, which of course I think was one of the most Muslim dense uh, areas in North America, I believe. Uh, Dearborn. And the fact that they're trying to pull it off here is just incredible, <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, rob the... Sorry for the, the language here, folks, but uh, this is the reality of what they're trying to uh, uh, push on our kids. Rub the head of his cock back and forth with your hand. Oral sex is popping another dude's peen in your mouth. In order to be able to come at all, you may need to finish off with a handy. Yes, this is uh, this is education or indoctrination these uh, these uh, days, folks. There's a, a sample. Yeah, why why in the world were they upset? Why were they mad? What what are they protesting? Absolute degeneracy. If if we can see all these factions team up to to push this out, good. I, I kind of I thought this like 
I had this like conspiracy the other day. Like, what if it was that what they're doing, right? Could they, is it possible? I'm not saying it, it probably isn't possible because it, it will go back to default normal relations after something like this, I would assume. But weirdly, I could see that this could work as a kind of a social glue between groups that potentially wouldn't otherwise get along. And you say, well, what's wrong with that then? Well, I don't want to have um, uh, good integration. I, I want to preserve the ethnicities that we have. I want uh, Sweden to remain Sweden. I want France to remain France. I don't want it to be a global homo multicultural, uh, you know, slushy of, of everything and nothing at the same time. And so you want it's temporarily it's better to have you know segregated essentially society non-integrated groups in our countries in the West because then one day they could they can go back to their country you know thanks for thanks for well not thanks for coming but yeah okay your time's up bye see you later you know it's we're taking back our country now that's it um, but if they push insane shit like this on 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 people and populations. And it's so insane. Is it possible that you could see a a unification over an issue and that would essentially operate as the social glue between groups? I think it's too far-fetched. I, I don't think that's what's going on, but it just occurred to me. It's like, is that a possible is that what it, is that why it's so over the top that like obviously reasonable people will get together no matter, you know, ethnicity or or you know, religion and stuff and 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 throw this off. But again, I think. I think that I think that it wouldn't work long term anyway. I think it would just re eventually would return back to 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 normal, you know, kind of thing. Um, but anyway, they, take take that for that what it's worth. It's crazy. I saw this one too. Look, <laughs> check this out. I thought it was a joke first. Someone just put the uh, tweet on Telegram. I was like, that can't be real. And look, you're not Microsoft's official account. Yep, it is. Inspired by the public's response to our 2022 pride flag, we're expanding our design to represent 40 LGBTQIA plus communities and making it available for everyone to use and build on. <laughs> it's like perfect representation of the mental frame of uh, the people who are pushing this. Uh, this total seizure. I thought it was someone made a joke like this and that meme became real. This is actually what they're doing. This is the next flag, folks. And of course, eventually it's it's if you add enough and you you know more and more and more and it becomes small enough, it's like you zoom out of a pixel pixelated picture and and at the end of the day, it's like all colors which then turns into no colors. It will just be a gray, brown, beige sludge slew and <clears throat> sludge essentially, right? So in other words, just what they want. Just what they want. Horace Cock Johnson says, uh, I know it's been said before, but I will reiterate it. Uh, there are only two types of people in the world. Those who wish to be left alone and those who will not leave them alone. Yes, that's right. They don't, uh, they don't even see that we are the host and that they are the parasite dooming themselves. Yeah, that, that is a, that's true. They will push until they are... Is maybe not destroyed because they always like they always surface in some new way or whatever. I could just be bit bigger trends within like the collective human psyche or subconscious or something. Maybe there's other forces being channeled here. Who knows what's going on? Um, but yes, they basically their their interest is predicated on ensuring that you cannot have your own interest, and their interest is to meddle nonstop, hundred percent in your business. Um, 
but of course, what happens? The inevitable trajectory of there is of that is that the people who want to be left alone uh, will destroy the other side uh, because they just will not leave them alone. And we're we're kind of yeah, we're right there, right there. Um, good news here. Let me see. Where is did I pull that in? Let me see here. No, let me open that up here. This is the one we wanted to show. Remember the daycare video we showed? Mississippi was some crazy maniacs who put on like a super scary mask uh, from like the Scream movies or movie. And they were scaring these young kids, young children. I mean, they were you could vis- visually see that they were being like traumatized, like in front of in front of your eyes when you're watching this video. It's one of the most disturbing things I've seen recently, seeing the little kids' faces and stuff like that. Well, finally, they have been charged. Four people, I think, overall have been uh, arrested for this. Uh, so here's the news report on this. This is good stuff, of course. Uh, minimum is jail time for these. Good people. morning, George. This video is so hard to watch, guys. These daycare workers entrusted with caring for toddlers by their parents are the very people frightening them. This morning, the daycare workers seen in this viral video scaring the very children they're hired to take care of, now facing multiple charges for their actions. We started looking into the case to see um, you know, what facts there were out there to corroborate the video and, and kind of where that might lead them uh, to pursue criminal charges. According to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, five employees of the Little Blessings Child Care and Learning Center in Hamilton, Mississippi, were charged and arrested. Sierra McCandless, Okiana killed. Yeah, yeah, you're right, uh, McDozer. She basically just went after the white kids. We, last time we played the video, we saw that. It was like there was a couple of non-white kids in the uh, in the group, in the, the class or whatever. Um, but she, like, they intentionally, like, went after the white kids. It was the most sickening thing I've seen. Oburn. Jennifer Newman and Cheyenne Shelton facing three felony counts of child abuse and Tracy Huston hit with two misdemeanors, including a simple assault against a minor. In the video, daycare workers use a scary Halloween mask and appear to intentionally scare the young children, even chasing and grabbing a toddler at one point in the two minute video. Catapult. It's just catapult. Immediate catapult for these people. I was in complete shock of what I witnessed. Um, Whether they had a mask on or the mask off, their behavior was unacceptable. Um, My blood pressure was raised. It broke my heart for my child. I was angry. Speaking to ABC News overnight, Caitlin Johnson says her two-year-old son is still showing signs of trauma and hardly sleeping through the night. She sees these charges. Yeah, this is like, you know, when people talked about like a mind control and like trauma-based mind control in order to shatter the personality, essentially creating two uh, different people inside of, of one. This is like clinical. This this shit has been proven that you can do that. These, the, the personality that deals with trauma becomes separated and isolated from the other one. And it, it effectively takes over and becomes like, if you experience those kinds of conditions, in some cases they have trigger words for some of these, you know, personalities and stuff, then that personality will come, will come out and, and handle the trauma or, or like experience that. And then later you switch back to your other, you know, it's debated on like exactly what switches that back and forth. But this is like how you do stuff like that, allegedly. As first steps toward justice. 
I hope you're enjoying jail and I hope you realize what you've done is serious and it's not a don't let them out just just keep uh, you know what just catapult them why even let them out again also in one of those classrooms they want us to show her face to see what their daughter went through there look at that holy shit do you see her hands there look at that fucking hell this is so hard to watch show her face to see what their daughter went through i want them to see the terror on her face because that is what i see every night the owner of the center who hasn't been charged says she was not aware of what was happening and that that kind of behavior is not tolerated. The workers, including the one holding the camera, were fired earlier in the month. Just the attention that's, you know, that's been given to this at this point uh, might keep something like this from happening. There are people to look into what's going on, you know, in their daycare facilities. Just and hard. imagine all the stuff we're not finding out about, too, right? By the way, <clears throat> the sexual abuse, all these predators that are trying to get themselves in, in proximity to kids because that's where they can abuse them and stuff like that. I mean, it's absolutely sickening. And this shit needs to stop. These people need to be taken out and taken care of. No doubt about it. Uh, the other thing you got to watch out for, too, because in the U.S., right, Halloween is coming up. Is there, I mean, I know Britain has a version of that. Um, not sure how big the candy part of that is, but in the U.S., uh, for kids that are going out there, um, remember that they now are developing fentanyl pills that basically looks like candy, right? It's, it's being disguised as uh, uh, fentanyl, right? Uh, LAPD's gang and narcotics division have been hard at work confiscating over $1 million worth of uh, disguised fentanyl. <clears throat> Which is pretty crazy. So anything that you might see could merit a second look. Don't uh, you got to be hundred percent certain what it is? <laughs> I mean, as I say, never, never accept uh, candy from strangers, right? But I mean, if you don't live in a high trust area with like people you can trust, uh, look out for this stuff. It, learn how. I think this is one of the best pictures they have on it. You see up close. Look, maybe they change designs all the time, but there's an M on these ones. Maybe there's another one now of shit that they're producing. But this is the kind of stuff that's coming in through the border as well, by the way, which they're not addressing and not talking about. Uh, it's just flowing straight up, and it's ending up in the hands of, uh, of our kids. Uh, and uh, they become addicted. They get uh, damaged permanently from this kind of stuff. So it's we're, we're dealing with truly uh, evil, monstrous uh, forces here, folks. All right, so... Now I gotta touch on, <clears throat> kind of touch on this one here. This is kind of a, it's about Sweden, right? But it's a very, very indicative. Should I read all? I'll see how much I'll read. I'll, I'll start reading it, and we'll see how much we go through. There's a long thread by this insane lefty activist who worked for Spotify's, essentially what amounts to like their diversity and inclusion team, right? So she's in Stockholm. She moved there after the pandemic, I think, right? And uh, let me just read it here. Kat Zhu, Kat Zhu, senior product designer, learning at Cambridge University and Leverhulme, CFI, I'm not sure what they're exploring, ethically design. Musings are mine. She, her, <clears throat> hashtag BLM. Having lived in Stockholm for nearly three years, I am completely unsurprised and wholly disgusted by the swing towards fascism in Sweden. 
As an Asian American woman, I have never experienced as much racism in my life until I moved here. <laughs> this country is xenophobic as hell. Well, good. You can you can leave. Uh, 100 143,000.6 uh, 143.6,000 rather likes. So this was going around. It's going viral. Now, keep this in mind as we juxtapose it with actual encounters with diversity from the native population in our European countries. I moved here just before the COVID pandemic took off in Europe. In the time that I have resided here, I've endured everything from verbal attacks to physical intimidation, all explicitly tied to my race. I've been subjected to countless... Whoops, why not my screen died? Did you guys see that? Okay. Oh, it's back. Um, I've been subjected to countless microaggressions. Count that's the number one. First, the first thing out the gates, folks. Microaggressions. Where's the macroaggressions? I've been coughed on by a group of teenage boys. I've been tutted by an <laughs> tutted by old ladies who somehow are not afraid of white unmasked Swedes, but are terrified of me. <laughs> Tutted. What is it? Is chat novels? What is that? Tutted. In February of this year, two white Swedish men courted me outside a train station in the city center and made obscene gestures, mocking my eyes and flicking me off. Multiple whites, pa white passersby, saw this and did not intervene, even though it was clear I was distressed. Well, that's just that's that's what you get in big cities these days with. Uh, Multiculturalism. No one cares about anything. It's kind of turned into some, I mean, not quite, but like borderline, like some of those Asian societies, actually. We see like someone run, not run over by a scooter and everyone is just pretending. I've seen that in Britain. I've seen that in France. I've seen that in a number of other places. It's because high trust goes out the window when you live in these multicultural areas. And no one cares about it. No one gets to get involved. Just, just I ignore this. Just walk. I've seen it. But of course, that will be seen as racism and microaggressions. Like no one, no one would do anything. I, I wish they did, and you know, I think that's going to change eventually. Uh, it has to. But this is not rare, right? I mean, really, is it? Listen, how this the trajectory. It could be as simple as her experiencing something which she is like, oh my god, racism, or it could be completely just made up, right? I reported this incident to the police, sending the photos I had captured afterwards of the men inside the train station. Maybe you should have videotaped it? As well as the timestamps for when they took the train. I even included a consenting witness in my report. At first, the police told me they would help. Weeks went by and I heard nothing. I'd check in periodically but was told excuses. My in investigators changed. All interpreters were busy, etc. Two months later, I got notice that all the cases were dropped. You need an interpreter for English? They never found an interpreter or contacted my witnesses. They never tried. Well, guess what? We have out-of-control crime in Sweden because of diversity. Things that you advocate for, little kachu. These they have literally abdicated on like most, like anything. I mean, murders are not solved. I mean, it's out of control. But there's so much violent crime and insane shit happening right now that you think they're going to deal with this? The, the reason for why this is happening is because of the things that you people like you have been advocated for such a long time. You've helped to create these circumstances. And now when Swede says, fuck this shit, we're done with this, we, you know, 
And after the Sweden Democrats are going to be some major like, whoa, hang on, hold on. The fascism is a little bit too much for me. But I'm saying it's the signs that, that, that like they're done, right? We're, we're, we're now talking about shit, how to solve this. What do we do? How do we stop immigration, right? Um, so you're about to get it. Yeah, you're about to get what you think is happening eventually. You're going to you know, get hardcore nationalism and, and a very like super tight, rigid uh, structure that's going to deal with restoring order to, to our country. Yes. When asked around, peers advised me to wait it out and perhaps issue another report. I had yet to do so because my, the first time was traumatic. I was told to keep the photos of my harassers to myself because Sweden's defamation laws protect abusers and compromise victims. But for the better part of this year, I've been silently raging, biting my tongue, knowing that those bigoted assholes are out and about. With the publication of my new government's proposal, of the new government's proposal, it is clear as day who this country aims to protect: the white, the white Swedish males, right? Who and who it aims to harm. So I don't give a fuck about keeping quiet anymore. Here are the photos I took. Take a good hard look at these racists in Sweden. Here we go. Here's. Uh, Base ketchup man, number one. <laughs> All right. Like, okay, well, what's the proof that he did or said anything? Like, you got to videotape this if, if there's anything. Where's the, oh, the witnesses? Yeah, the guy you had walking with him. She included a video, too, and someone is obviously walking with her. This could be any rando guy, right? And then this guy is like, yeah, he could, yeah, I guess he could pass for Swedish, you know. Um, what is he holding in his hand there? What is that? Like a bag of peanuts or some chocolate or something? I don't know. I can't even see that. But yeah, so you can just do the hair races. Oh, this video is great here. There was another incident this April. So this, you know, oh my God, like, look at this shit. They, there was another incident this April, which I was able to film, where this lady calls me Asian trash. I was walking on the other side of the street, minding my own business, which was enough to merit racist taunts from her. Wait a minute. So because you're walking on the other side of the street, minding your own business, that was which was good enough or which was enough to merit racist taunts from her. Take a good hard look at this racist in Sweden. I don't care a fuck about you Asian trash. Crazy. I don't care a fuck about you Asian trash. I don't care a fuck about your Asian trash. I don't care a fuck about you Asian trash. Crazy. <laughs> Why on the same side of the street? What? Why? Okay. How did that? So she ran over just to tell her, and of course she was filming at that point, right? I don't give a fuck about your Asian trash. Uh, her dialect is not like I don't give a crap about your Asian trash. That's how you would kind of get it normally. This could be maybe not even a. a, a it's like there's a lot of non-white people in Stockholm in these areas now. But it's like this, no, this is specifically Swedes, right? The kind of thing. I mean, she might be. I'm not saying that. But it could very well not be. Maybe she did something. Maybe she, like, threw some trash or something on the street. And this this crazy environmentalist was, like, up there and, like, tried to, you know, write her, write her about it. But there's some guy on. Do you hear that, too? A guy in the background? These people are crazy. Listen to that. I don't care a fuck about you Asian trash. They're crazy, these These are crazy people or crazy bitch or something like that. I don't typically put And it's like... Is this really? That's is this? You're. It's not like you've experienced some kind of Ebba Okelund uh, type of scenario here, girl. This is now the new nor like social like breakdown of social cohesion and trust and animosity and problems and uh, racism and all these things are 
a natural outcome of uh, societies that are experiencing forced diversity, right? It feels like she's trying to take some like COVID thing, almost like, oh, it's Asians and COVID. And so they're afraid of me because I'm Asian and Asians, what are, you know, that maybe that's part of it because this is a few years ago, I think. I think she's an activist to try to just stir up as much bullshit as possible. That's what it feels like. I think she's left uh, Sweden now. I don't see her on the... Actually, she has a page on the Spotify thing. We'll look at that in a moment. I don't typically post this stuff on my account. It wasn't until I showed the video for, uh, to my mom, a very tough cookie, and an immigrant herself who gasped and exclaimed, how evil is she to say that to you? That is truly... That uh, that it truly hit me. I'm done complying. No more protecting my attackers. <laughs> For the better part of the last year, I've been far more afraid than I should be while walking alone. Yeah, because those racist Swedes are going to attack you at any moment. And I've had enough, especially as watching this absurd right-wing government peddle fascist and blatantly racist tropes about why they need more law and order. Yeah, you think law and order would be like better than for you like in this case? No. See, that's what I think this is about. It's it's about stirring up bullshit about oh Sweden Democrats, a racist government creating an international thing. It's probably boosted by like the eighty percent or whatever it is now account of Twitter bots that's on uh, that's on Twitter already. To be, you know how they do that? They've boosted artificially. I mean, if Elon, I hope that that comes out when when the transition is made. I heard Elon's going to fire about like seventy five percent of the staff at Twitter too. Like yes, learn to code, bitch. Um, let me be clear. I'm not advocating for more policing. Uh, no, of course, of course not. You don't want to restore law and order in the country. Without, whoa, 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 slow down. We don't want to do that. You see, it's great when the Swedes are suffering from this shit. It's great when they're being called names. It's great when they're being run over by trucks. It's great when they're getting gang raped. It's great when they're being murdered, when they're being uh, assaulted by criminal gangs, right? No. That's not the viral story. The viral story about some about some crazy Asian left-wing BLM woke activist who's lived in Sweden for a couple of years, had a couple of interactions with a few people. We don't even know what they're doing. Holding a ketchup bottle and, uh, and a bar of chocolate and some woman talking about how, why you're littering and throwing your trash everywhere. Um, that's the issue? That becomes the big story? I don't trust the police here. In the eyes of the police in Sweden, my attack my attack was not deemed an attack. The white perpetrators did not fit their narrative, and I was not seen as a victim worthy of help. You think they don't have other issues to deal with right now, you dumb idiot? Increasing police presence and utilizing stop and frisk methods as proposed by the new government will not help people like me. That's right. So it's all about more shit helping me and my issues. But you as Swedes, you should not be able to deal with the violence and the crimes and the rapes and the fucking insanity of what's happening to us over the last few decades. No, no, no. That's racism and fascism. It will only terrorize innocent communities of color. I'm putting I'm putting this all out there, not for your sympathy, because uh, but but because I'm fucking angry, and because I'm aware of my privilege as an American in the tech industry here. It's because of this privilege that I'm able to speak up. What, what do you mean? You could just just tweet? What, I, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm what the right wing in Sweden designates as a good immigrant. The kind that has oh so so then that then it's it's never good enough for whatever you do right it's ne you're never going to win with these people. The kind that has earned proximity to whiteness via my high salary and the high amount I pay in taxes. 
It is crucial to note that good versus bad immigrant framing is harmful. Until you start talking about the rapes that's happening and the attacks on Swedish kids and teenagers and, uh, and, and the elderly, you have no fucking room to talk, you dumb cunt. All of us are worthy of a safe home. <clears throat> yeah, but Swedes are not? Why do you think they're voting in a, a, a primarily uh, you know, right-wing government right now? And again, it's not going to fix them. The moderates are horrible. The Christian Democrats are horrible. They still came out today. They still want to keep all the dumb, uh, uh, you know, foreign aid and stuff to to other people. I forget what the the, the term is. The the provisions for uh, uh, b uh, not bidrag. What was the other term? It was I forget what it was now. But anyway, the Christian Democrats was like uh, overrid the Sweden Democrats. They wanted to basically cut all. I thought maybe the foreign aid is not the right term for it, but it, it's effectively the same thing. It's about how much you give like to other countries and you know participatory and you know because you know. Sweden is like giving you know billions to like Africa every year, for example. Uh, we've shown that many times. It's, it's it's out of control. I mean, how much money they're giving to to all these other uh, causes and efforts and countries and helping and aid and all that stuff. And so the Sweden Democrats want to cut that down. So the the KD Christian Democrats they're horrible. The moderates are horrible. They're the ones who who are helping to create this scenario. Uh, the liberals are even worse. They they got like four seats or something like that or. or um, uh, yeah, some four four ministers or something. I forget what the what the exact uh, amount was. So the Sweden Democrats have kind of they're taking their time. They're biding their time. I think they're looking at this kind of long term, and I think at some point they're going to end up in 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 more power. We'll see what happens, but it, things are looking fairly good. They, they, they've done some bad moves, but um, it's a it's a good start. Let me put it that way. And the point is that these people are freaking out about it. That's great because what's this? What is this leading to? My, one of the points I made on Twitter was as well. Sometimes all you have to do is start voting for the more nationalistic party, and you will have some people that will self deport because they think the rate, you know, the 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 white supremacy, uh, uh, you know, brown shirts are going to show up and round everybody up, so they get scared. You don't like that we're looking after our own country and our own people? Well, fucking leave. All right? Just leave. Just go back home. I shudder to imagine how many racist attacks happen to people of color with far less privilege. Yeah, that's... When you think about Sweden right now, that's really the issue that most people are imagining, right? It's the all the attacks on poor brown people in Sweden. Fuck, for the decades of fucking brutal gang rapes and fucking humiliation crimes... This is the fucking shit that's going viral? Fuck this cunt. For those who have reported hate crimes, I wonder how many of them have been ignored. Yeah, they don't have time because they, they can't even solve the murders, you idiot. And for those who haven't reported either out of fear or because they didn't know they could, I wonder how they are doing. Will they get their fifis hurt? Have they swallowed their rage? Have they moved on? Or is it even possible? There are so little resources for victims of hate crimes in Sweden. Idiot. There are old people. They're being arrested and charged for hate crimes for Facebook posts in Sweden. <laughs> for all the inevitable and racist cynics who might retort, if you don't like it here, go back to your own country. First, fuck you. No, go home. Fuck you, cunt. And secondly, sure, I can definitely do that. In fact, I'm, I just might. Good. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> I didn't ask to be in Sweden. Oh, you're the victim now of your tech sector job working for Spotify? Holy shit. This is what happens with ruthless cosmopolitans that have already been ripped up by their parents 
Right, you had Chinese people going to America and they become global homo, they work for international companies, they go to this country, they go to that country, they, they get citizenships and stuff and, and uh, like it's some kind of, uh, I don't know, some, some like just a, a ticket to a concert or something like that. Frankly, Sweden need, needed me more than I needed it. Oh yeah, certainly. We, you've, your contributions have been so important here. The company that generously re relocated me from the U.S. actually recruited me for over half a year and practically begged me to relocate here because they were unable to find anyone qualified enough in all of Sweden to do my job. Yeah, I doubt it, idiot. And furthermore, you could do basically everything of this you can do online these days anyway. You don't even... Okay, work for Spotify as much as you like. I don't give a shit about that company anyway. But second of all, you could do that remotely. There's so many people out there. You think the the, the, the score of the 75% of Twitter people that's going to quit, they can pick up jobs like this? And again, her position, let's check out her position here. Cat Zoo, this is Spotify, their, their website, Spotify Design. Um, Katsu product designer, inspiration, May 2020. Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, month right? So look at this. Total just like activism, 101 shit. She, her, blah, blah, blah. To celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we're proud to present a special series of In the Spotlight to celebrate happy creators and the community. Today's headliner is Katsu. Katsu. Product designer for the design platform team in Stockholm. Put on your headphones, hit play, and read along. So an interview with her here, uh, living in her plush apartment somewhere in Stockholm, I assume, right? I think I'm. I'm not sure she's quit, but I th think she's left Sweden right now. Uh, but yeah, no. So hardcore like identity issues with this woman here. She is right. Hiya, call me Cat. She, her. I'm currently a senior product designer. In the meantime, I'm masters a master's student at the University of Cambridge where I'm studying AI ethics and society. Oh, good. You think you get it now? I don't want to de-racify, de, uh, if that's a term, uh, AI. Remember, that was a huge problem, right? Some things I like, exploring how to design ethically, reading hella books. Oh, great language there. And tweeting my leftist views to the void. Uh, void no longer. She links up all the art articles she was mentioning here, featured. She testifies about Sw Sweden's racism, accused of being a Chinese agent. So that's actually, so there was actually people that went into her LinkedIn and they actually pulled out details of how she seems to have family at the high end, uh, high up in the, the in the Chinese government. <laughs> I think that was true. Uh, but anyway, we don't need that. She's like a woke cultural Marxist, uh, anti-white BLM Asian Pacific Islander uh, heritage obsessed activist. So of course you want to shit on Sweden because we voted for a little bit more right wing party, right? U.S. tech workers' tale of racist Sweden goes viral. So this became this became news stories. This this fucking thing became a news story in like multiple outlets. U.S. tech workers' tale of racist Swedes go viral because again, that's really the things you think about. You know, when you think about Sweden, it's it's how racist it is. And in fact, the last, let me see if, yeah, the last, check this one out. This is funny. The last thing she links up, and I think this is actually a true analysis overall. Swedes have seen, they, they know that many of these visitors and uh, guests, if I can put it that way, in our country are not Swedes. They will never be truly Swedes. And Swedes know this. Uh, they're tolerant to the point where we now sacrifice our own children 
to uphold this pipe dream of a multicultural society. But that's changing. Sharing this provocation from Professor Dave Andrus, because I believe, uh, believe it, in the face of more diverse society, the white Swedish hegemony actually prefers eroding its social democracy and climate initiatives in exchange for a neoliberal fascist order that ranks whiteness on top. So the tweet here is, the Swedish social democratic model was always based on ethnic homogeneity. Yes, it was. That's wide work, bitches. And as both break down, half of Swedes prefer right-wing authoritarianism. Absolutely. They're right on that. <clears throat> and that's why this, this turn is inevitable. That's why they are realizing that their, their little pipe dream of, of fucking shit up more uh, beyond you know what they've already done is, is beginning to close. It's coming to a close. And the reason why social democracy was such a, uh, uh, you know, desired system around the world is because they could look to countries like Sweden, or Denmark or Finland or something. I mean, look, uh, what, what are they doing? This great. It's so safe and it's, uh, it's prosperous and they have high taxes and a great social welfare system. And it's almost like they're, yeah, they're socialist, but they're also kind of nationalistic at the same time. Isn't that Can we just export that to every country around the globe? And then it turns out now that doesn't work. Why doesn't that work for some reason? It doesn't work because they don't have the population. And as you begin to replace the population of Sweden, that political system breaks down and it doesn't work. And yes, basic survival instinct, it's late in the game and it's, and it's man, it's incredible that it didn't happen three decades ago, two decades ago. But that is beginning to change right now. <clears throat> Let me take a couple of these here. Uh, RoboThink says, uh, Happy Friday. Thank you. Good to see you. Go, uh, God Odin says, Why do you think whites can more easily assimilate in other white countries? I'm from USA. Had no problem assimilating to Russia, Ukraine. Learned Russian when in Rome. Exactly. When in Rome, do like the Romans. Will this nationalistic um, or nationalist idea niche down to the extreme? Uh, you're in, you're not Polish, so get the fuck out. Great stream tonight, man. Thank you. Um, no, I, I still think if the, if it's close enough overlap ethnically and culturally and linguistically, you, you, I think you have no problem. Um, I know of, you know, many people that were from other European countries or their, their parents was from other European countries when I grew up in Sweden and there was never any, uh, the, honestly, the, we, we, I think, on some level, recognize that they're not like 100% Swedish, but we always treated them like that. You know what I mean? There is something to say for not just like you know how you look ethnically, but uh, temperament. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know how your 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 uh, your your language uh, group that you belong to. The your 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 able your ability to kind of fit into the cultural framework of those people that you're visiting. I think there's something to be said for that. And I think the closer you are um, to that region that, that, you know, if you come, as you said, if you're, <laughs> I mean, obviously, right. If you come from like Norway and go to Sweden, it's not going to be a big deal. There's still, there are still small cultural differences, which is, you know, which is great and, and, and incredible when you think about it, uh, but that's not going to be an issue. You know what I mean? Um, no, I, th I, I think we're seeing whether we like it or not, and, and, and this is not a, I'm not advocating for that. I'd love to see every single European ethnicity remaining distinctly its own, and maybe we can have a conscious movement like that eventually. 
But in the short term, I think you'll see cross-European cooperation uh, with dealing with many of these issues, including dealing with multiculturalism or helping to um, stabilize a country potentially and things like this. And I think there's going to be a lot more like uh, no more brothers wars type of ideas move, you know, b- being brought into the the psyche, if you will, of, of Europeans. I, at least I hope so. If that comes, answers your question, I think because uh, I've never heard of I've never heard of like you know like uh, Scandinavians and Norwegians or Swedes or Danes or Finns going to like the Midwest and the U.S. and they're just like fitting in horribly and it's all mismatched and I, I think I've read like one article once about how how horrible they were or something like that and they're, they're weird and they have their own customs or something like that I mean partially that's just because they're kind of you know isolated of sorts among their own in the Midwest right Minnesota and the Dakotas and stuff like that but as far as I know no, no one has ever like oh my god these people it's unbearable look at the crime <laughs> look at the look at the safe clean streets Look at the uh, look at the tax return for our government because of these hardworking people. Uh, Glenn the Chinaman says, "I have lived in multiple major global homo cities, and nobody ever bothered me. Doubt it, one hundred percent." Yeah, regarding the Katshu, uh, I th- I think she's a hardcore activist, and I think it's made up. And you know, some Swedes are p- actually taking it to the the Chinese government kind of thing. And you know, you can never put that beyond them. That's that's always possibility. You have to remember too that there is a. There's like a multipolarity world that's that's uh, kind of rising out of this right now, and it's uh, how do I put this? It's basically think the BRICS countries, right? That's one faction. We had that huge globalist uh, Astana meeting, you know, the Kazakhstan kind of uh, Illuminati and New World Order type uh, place, essentially, right? A lot of it built up from scratch. Um, they're doing their thing, which is like, you know, like. Eurasian global homo, and then you have Western global homo. And sure, maybe there's a, a, a battle between these or a war at some point or whatever, or maybe there's a, a synthesis at some point or a merger or something, right? Uh, but the point is one side does benefit from from um, destabilization in other countries. I, I I would assume that we would we can still see like the more internal problems that Sweden has to deal with. Um, Again, the more charges of, let's say, racism and, and, and for them to then have more tension between immigrant populations and Swedish populations, that would, of course, benefit those who are seeking to making Sweden a less stable place as a NATO country, for example. I mean, that's always a possibility. You have to always tie that into the picture. Some of this could be completely artificially boosted. I've seen similar stories like this in the past or similar tweets and stuff, and they always take off. Uh, and either that's because they're all artificially boosted by bots or something. Uh, or there's just enough left-wing lunatics that think that this is the major issue in Sweden. Regardless, I think it's a, I think it's good. I think it's bringing attention to this thing that like Sweden is no longer the country you think it was. And I think that that's good. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate that. Black Phillips says, Henrik, I've been reading up on the wealthy and powerful Wallenberg family or clan in Sweden. They appear to be from a long line of Freemasons. How responsible are they? for the wonderful diversity to Scandinavia. Some people say they're Jewish. I don't think they are, Wallenberg. Uh, they have a huge role to play in this, of course. Um, one of the interesting things about that, I remember looking into the Order of the Seraphim. It's one of the few um, orders given to... I actually think they give it... Don't they give it to foreign people? And it was when Wallenberg was a newly arrival in Sweden. I think he was given the Order of the Seraphim, like one of the highest orders in Sweden by the king. 
And that's kind of a little bit of like your Freemason type tie-in stuff like there. Like that, they're, they're part of like a bunch of, you know, secret societies and stuff. And they basically control the whole industry sector. Uh, if they're the family that controls the industry in Sweden, the Bonnier family is the, the family that controls the media uh, in Sweden. And the later is, is a Jewish family, but I don't think Wallenberg is. I've heard and claims of that and whatnot. Uh, but it is curious. They just kind of show up and they just start a bank and they become super successful. And of course, we've heard that story before, such as like you know the Rothschilds in uh, in uh, Frankfurt, Almain, and stuff like that. Uh, thank you, for, uh, Black Philip. Appreciate that. I I, I don't think I don't think they're super responsible for the diversity. More beyond more beyond like oh let's uh, you know bring in cheap labor or something like that. But it, it, frankly, in most cases, I think most of the industry have been outsourced. Um, a lot of industry have been taken away. And again, if we see what's happening in Germany, it's actually a thing I forgot to mention before. If we're seeing that kind of dismantling of the industry in Germany and stuff, that's a perfect... And it's not because I, I don't want it to be in Germany or that we, we should take it away from them. But look, it is what it is. If that's happening and they've made dumb decisions and they suffer those, perfect opportunity to like bring back fucking iron ore mining in Sweden. Stuff like bringing that... Don't sell it, give it to China, right? They bought... Chinese uh, uh, miners bought the rights to, to start uh, mining in Sweden and shit. This is like a few years ago now. I was just like, no, what are you doing? We should start producing stuff again. And that's what I hope we can we can get out of the situation. So anyway, well, last thing I'm going to cover here, I think we have to run up on that, is <clears throat> Lula, Lula, of course, in France, right? Because guess, and it's a perfect example and segue to the Cat Ju story here, uh, her viral tweet. Because it's like, that story goes viral. Lula has kind of gone viral in a way, but not on the internet. It's it's gone viral IRL, if you will. These, of course, are the stories that are not being told. Not the 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 Kathy Kathy Zhu or Kat Zhu. She she is that's small potatoes. What are you talking about? Oh, someone said a mean word to you that was holding a ketchup bottle. They were saying ching chong or something to you. Oh, my God. You know, holy smoke. Stop the presses. Lola in France. Brutally murdered by four Algerians. They said that they tried to cut her head off. She's 12 years old. A woman had allegedly carved markings into her dead body. They tried to stuff her into a suit. They did stuff her into a suitcase. Uh, this is the story that needs to go viral. And we've seen a lot of... She's 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 already become more than she actually was. She's already attained symbolic value in, in France and actually beyond those borders as well. Countless images and depictions of Lola has happened. Lula has happened over the last uh, few days here. All of France seemed to have, have awakened to this. Is it from Toulouse? Uh, a, a march uh, to remember uh, Lula. There's been projections all over the place, right? On apartment buildings, on uh, ports, right? People are spray painting her name on on sidewalks, right? They're setting up, uh, they're uh, gluing onto walls all over all over the country. Um, Lula, twelve years old, and violently. I think this. I think that's what it says. Violently. Is that murder by 12 Algerians? It says two right there, but I think it's 12 in the next one, isn't it? Or maybe it was just two. Maybe maybe that's down to two now or something. I think that's what it says in a way. 
violently tui what is that is that murdered or or tortured maybe or something i don't know uh par parzi algeries right but anyway but the point is this is going up all over france it's become a a if you will an irl viral sensation so something something different have happened this time they're they're picking up on this in a way that they haven't before so there's something that clicks here in the french psyche and of course should it oh my god should it but there's not like there isn't examples from before. These are countless. She's just one of a myriad of girls and boys and women and men and elderly that have been put on the altar of multiculturalism and ritualistically slaughtered. Just like we saw in Sweden, right? Ebba Åkerlund. Remember the little girl? Man, we could talk about this forever. Just example after example. Severed completely smashed and crushed by the truck driven by the Uzbeki refugee in Sweden back in, I guess, was it 2017, I think. Eiling Krantz, another victim of multiculturalism, brutally murdered. I think he was raped as well. Canon Hinnan, I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about this. This is from uh, Italy right here, which is, which is quite, quite incredible. Um, it's spreading beyond the borders of France. That's the point, too. <clears throat> In the wake of this, there was a bunch of um, activism. People came out. They were putting on marches. They were putting on, you know, um, what's the best term? Um, protest, I guess, for lack of a better term. But just events, like, you know, commemorating Lola and remember her, her and stuff like that. Um, and at one of them, one of the uh, this is not uh, Damien Rio, by the way. I know him. I follow him on uh, on Telegram and Twitter. He's a good journalist. There, it's not him. There was a, they mistake that is another guy that helped to arrange it. But basically, Antifa came out. The left wing pro immigrant factions came out and uh, beat up one of these guys during, uh, I guess, during or after the event. French journalist Damien Rio again. I forget his real name, but it's, it's down below. We'll we'll see where it is. Attacked and beaten by left-wing and pro-immigration activists during a protest. Damien organized a protest for Lola, the 12-year-old French girl who was brutally beaten, raped, and killed by Algerian migrants who were in France illegally. Here's actually the uh, uh, the clip of him, his bloody nose here. Let's uh, check this out real quick here. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm going to get aggressed by Antifa. Uh, Je viens de me faire agresser par des antifas dans, dans, dans Paris euh, parce que j'étais à la manifestation pour Lola. Voilà, faites tourner la vidéo. Il traîne dans le coin, faites attention à vous. You think it's hyperbole when we say, like, they actually want you dead? They want to kill your kids, they want your kids to be raped and murdered by migrants and stuff? That's, that's the side that they're representing here. They're going out, beating up people that are putting on events and protests to commemorate uh, the victim, a 12-year-old young girl. Hundreds have come out in the cold and rainy night to demand justice for Lola and others like her whose lives were cut short by the illegal criminals and these incompetent politicians. <clears throat> the picture of the individual is French journalist Jordi Pazalba, who was attacked and assaulted. Georges, along with the Damien, was also attacked by 12 Antifa. Uh, and they're the ones who organized the protest, right? The other ones. Yeah, the state kill me demonstration for Lola, who was brutally murdered. The state's refusal to do its basic function led to the killing of Lola and the countless countless other French uh, victims. That's a good uh, reply right there. There you go. <laughs> All right. So basically, something has, has, uh, has happened, right? French lives matter. They had a, a thread about this, too. 
good account to follow, but they just showed some of the other just countless victims, right, over the years. Uh, just a, a slice, right? Two girls uh, brutally murdered. Here's a young boy murdered by an immigrant, a, a woman, a young couple murdered by an immigrant, uh, an old elderly man murdered by some African, uh, older lady killed, murdered, maimed. Some of them are raped, right? Uh, and it, this thread just went going and going and going. Uh, Nadine de Villiers, Vincent Locke, you know, countless of them, right? Here's more victims uh, on the altar of multiculturalism. And something seems to have happened. Something has awakened uh, in the French by this latest case, which is fantastic, which is which is wonderful. And I remember saying it a while back, and I, did, I didn't want it. Um, yeah, here's a look at this, by the way, before I get to that point. Um, just making a note real quick there. <clears throat> the, here's an example, right? One young Swedish guy, and, and it's a longer thread, but just to mention it real quick, right? Uh, Erik Gustafsson on Twitter says here, this is from like last, uh, no, this is this May here. I was, I always supported open borders and immigration, including mass immigration. I staunchly advocated for it both on, online and offline. I went to debates, debates and protests. I held up signs and accused everyone of being racist until winter 2020 when that all changed. Disconnection. I lived in a predominantly Swedish city and region. region. I was far from the consequences. I heard, I saw all the, uh, I heard and saw all the raping, killing, bombing and chaos, but it was like a bad dream that I can easily disconnect from. I wasn't forced to live with it or see my, uh, or see my beliefs. Like many liberals, I held the belief that we're all children of the earth and no land belongs to a certain group. I late came to realize that this wasn't something felt by everyone, including the refugees and immigrants who love their countries and are often very patriotic and nationalistic. In 2020, after landing a job, I moved to a different city and I came face to face with what I often advocated for. It wasn't at all what I imagined. My job gave me access to information and documents I was never exposed to before. Despite forcing myself to uh, not to, I started noticing patterns in police files and who were dominating the crime scenes. I, was, I saw the victims, heard the stories, then I became a victim of my own belief, mugged at, a knife, at knife point, punched, kicked and left in the cold. Everything around me was far from what I visioned or envisioned. I found myself in a faith crisis. I went into a withdrawal from politics, stopped engaging in social medias and advocate groups. I began to realize how destructive my naive beliefs were and how they were destroying this country. One of the main reasons for supporting this endless immigration was out of guilt. That's right. White guilt is one of the biggest things. That's the, the, the main weapon they have. Guilt for having a good life and living in a good country while they, while they didn't. Guilt for having privilege while the world is screwed with climate change, huge inequity, and terrible suffering. Of course, all, you know, psyop, mind jobs, essentially, right? And I felt I wasn't doing anything about it. I wanted to ease that guilt by sharing my good life by contributing to good cause, causes, like immigration. I later came to realize I had no responsibility to no one. I inherited this good life from my ancestors who had worked hard for it. If others wanted this good life, then they they've uh, then they've to create it on their own in their own countries. Europe can't take care of the whole world, and the only thing we would be doing um, if we would keep our doors open is to reduce the quality of our life and destroy ourselves in the process on the way. My point in all of this 
is that liberals are often delusional and disconnected from reality. They're driven by irrational guilts and childish emotions with no substance. The Sweden I grew up in and the Sweden of today are two worlds apart. I hope others can come to their senses. Politicians and elites support mass immigration into Europe for the same reason I did. Because they're far away from the consequences and they wouldn't be affected by it. Some of them are just anti-white, of course, and the activists behind it are certainly like, this is a, let's uh, destroy Amalek. Uh, you know, that's kind of part of the equation too. But he's right in terms of our politicians and stuff. We, we you know, we want to be, you want to be part of NATO, you want to be do, do good on the international scene. We're a super, you know, humanitarian superpower. Well, fuck over our own people for the for the uh, <clears throat> for the chance of, of of destroying our lands by taking in all these foreigners. It's gonna be it's gonna be great for us. They be, I mean, again, some of them were actually fooled into thinking if you want to maintain your neoliberal economic system of trade and business and good times and new iPhones and you know Xboxes and shit, then you have to open the borders and you have to let in immigrants because your people are not having kids they were fooled into that europeans he continues need to start voting for people who care about the ordinary european <clears throat> and i think that's the uh, he did an interview with klaus Ar arminius as well follow that account on, on twitter both of them actually eric gustafsson and uh, klaus arminius good uh, good accounts <clears throat> all right so TikTok, TikTok, right? That's the uh, that's the name of the that's the name of the game here. Time is ticking. They are not going to be able to reverse the trends. I think, to be honest. <clears throat> All right. So think about this. Think about the real victims, folks. About all those murdered, all those children and women and girls and elderly <clears throat> you know raped literally on the altar of, of multiculturalism this this insane anti-white genocidal pipe dream that is just never going to work and it's it's going to change it's it's inevitable it taken it has taken way too long for this to happen but it is going to happen there's no there's no turning back and right now we're standing in front of some of the best opportunity that we've ever had as they're doing this demolition of our systems right that they're forcing us out of our comfort zone and i said this a while back too that the sacrifice is going to be necessary i don't want this i, I wish it could be done in another way but these lives that have been sacrificed, is it is now up to us to make the best of them. To ensure that this crisis that we're experiencing right now of immigration, of violence, of crime, of demographics, that that crisis is not going to waste. Okay? Alright guys, we're going to start wrapping up right there. Let me read a couple of these here. Uh, Hexagod says, Henrik, imagine going to any Asian country or African country and see seeing white politicians. You can't. So why is it that only white-built countries have non-whites running our politics? Answer, the Jew has opened our borders and trying to exterminate their only opposition. Yep. 
Pagan Bear says, great show, Henrik. Thank you. Appreciate that. Rowdy Dude says, uh, includes a link. Let me lower that a little bit. And says, um, did you hear about this, Henrik? Do, do you think pressure could be applied to the woman in charge? What was the story here? Uh, woman won't be charged in shooting death of Kansas City firefighter. I, I saw something about that. Uh, I will check out the story in more detail. Thank you for the link. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, boys and girls, we're going to wrap up there. I think we're caught up. Let me just double check here. Uh, yes, I think we're caught up. Nothing on Rumble, I think. I think we got caught up there. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. Can't do this without you. Check out RedEyesMembers.com. New show up there right now. Two parts, of course. Check out RedEyesMembers.com and SubscribeShow.com slash RedEyes. You can also get a membership at Odyssey. Uh, right now, if you feel so inclined, there's a number of uh, ways that you can sign up, but Odyssey is uh, definitely an um, easy option if you want to do it that way. Also want to say thanks to our executive producers today. T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Ubunga, Quetch Me If You Can, Mongoose, thank you to our sec executive producers, and also thank you to uh, Mr. Walker 696 and Yuan Son. For being producers we appreciate you guys if you want to uh, help out check out the executive producer tier over at subscribestar or our odyssey uh, we're seeking to get 20 executive producers in order to hire full-time editors so if you want to put some resources that away uh, please consider it thank you guys we appreciate you we'll be back with more soon weekend warrior up next um take care everybody and we'll see you next time enjoy this music here
watching, go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.